This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Hey everybody, how's it going? And welcome to episode 35 of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. You guys ever just have a really bad night? Uh, I'm having a really bad night right now. My uh, software doesn't want to work, nothing. It's just I'm having a rough go with this particular episode. And I usually make a joke when I'm having a hard time with an episode. I have a bad feeling about this one. I'm not even going to do it because I'm just going to end up jinxing it. I'm, I'm really having a rough night right now. I, I had a new piece of software I was going to try tonight. And uh, had it all set up, looked like it was going to run great until right at the uh, very, very outset of everything. Uh, it started slowing my computer down. My fan started running real hard. And so I, and it was just a few minutes before I was supposed to go live. I was going to go live on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, just it ended up not happening. So I had to hurry up and get on my old encoder real quick and, and throw everything together. So uh, please be patient with me this episode because none of my stuff is labeled on my scenes, nothing like that, that to help me figure out what's what. So it might take me a minute to find some graphics and whatnot. But uh, And guys, the only way to fix a bad night is to talk about Star Wars. And I've got quite a bit to talk about tonight. We've, we've got a lot. So uh, I'm really excited about this episode. All things considered, it's going to be fine. We'll get through this. Let me close out some stuff on my... Uh, uh, Photoshop real quick here. That way I'm not slowing my computer down any more than I have to. Okay, here we go. Holy crap. All right, so Star Wars. Uh, before I get into everything going on in the world of Star Wars this week, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the Star Wars Canon mobile app that's going to be coming out soon. A lot of you guys keep asking, uh, what, uh, what month do I think it's going to come out? When do I think it's going to be available? And to be honest, at this point, I don't know. Hopefully very soon. Uh, I've been very hard at work on it, and I was actually going to show you guys on this episode... Uh, I was going to show it to you. I was going to pull up the editor and let you guys see what it was looking like and everything like that. But uh, that's, I mean, that's not going to happen in this episode. However, uh, tomorrow afternoon, uh, afternoon, I may hop on and uh, do a little video kind of showing you guys what the uh, app is looking like so far and how to use it, kind of where we're at with it and everything like that and, and, and where we're at on the progress for it. So keep an eye out for that. I'm going to see if I can get something like that going. Uh, but for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, I've been working on a mobile app uh, to keep track of all Star Wars canon, everything like that. Somewhere where you could go to talk about Star Wars canon, to purchase Star Wars canon, not purchase it through the app, from the app, I should say, but through the app. Uh, links where you can download every novel, every comic book, everything like that, digital issues if you want them, audiobooks if you want them, everything like that. And then a place where you can talk about what you're reading, show pictures of what you're reading, stuff like that. It's going to be a lot of fun. The whole Canon timeline is going to be on there. You can listen to this podcast on there, either through the YouTube channel or uh, on the actual RSS feed, the actual audio-only version of it. Both of those will be available on there as well. So uh, I'm very excited about the app. Keep an eye out for that. I'm going to be making a video kind of showing you guys uh, how to use it here before long. And, and that way, that way, you know, I was telling Kirsty I wanted to do a video like this so that I could show you guys it's actually coming. I keep saying that it's coming, but it hasn't come yet. So 
uh, this is kind of my way of letting you guys know, yes, it is coming, and I'm very, very excited about it. So uh, with all that out of the way, let's get on with some Star Wars news. There's quite a bit to talk about this week. Uh, and th let's just jump off uh, first things first, and this is kind of an obvious one that everybody is... Uh, heard about at this point, because we didn't do an episode last week, there wasn't a whole lot to talk about, and this kind of broke last week a little bit, but uh, Season 3 of The Mandalorian is already in production, man. Uh, they've already started pre-production on Season 3. Jon Favreau's already writing several scripts, uh, and, and so he's got to have a lot of faith in uh, in this Season 2 coming up, you know? And, and why wouldn't he? Everything pointing towards Season 2 of Mandalorian so far is just amazing, uh, I can't wait, you know, especially now that we know Ahsoka is going to be in it and everything like that. Uh, but I remember sharing on, uh, I th was it my Facebook page? I think it was the Facebook page for the Star Wars Canon podcast. Hang on just a second, guys. Let me pull this up. Because they actually have uh, released the names of all of the episodes from what I've seen. And you guys can actually see what's on my screen right there, can't you? I didn't even realize that. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to Star Wars Canon Podcast. That's cool. That means you guys can just see whatever. Um, go down here to this. I want to I want to read it live for you guys if I can get... Here we go. So, this is uh, supposedly the titles of all the episodes of Season 2. I know we're supposed to be talking about Season 3, but uh, the titles for Season 2. Chapter 1, The Search. Chapter 2, The Confrontation. Chapter 3, The Bounty. Chapter 4, The Republic. Chapter 5, The Loyalist. Chapter 6, The Sorcerer, Chapter 7, The Return, and Chapter 8, The Empire. So those are the names of the chapters of Season 2. But, you know, th th those sound awesome, which has really got me excited for Season 3, knowing that they're already working on it and that they already have a plan for it. That's what we should have gotten the whole time, is they should have had a plan for this stuff. And, and to know that Season 3 is already coming excites the crap out of me, man. I'm so excited for it. So I'm, I'm very, very happy that season three of The Mandalorian is coming and that they have enough faith in it to keep it going, and at least in season two to keep it going. Uh, the next story I wanted to talk about, and this is one that I'm not entirely, you know, I don't really know a lot about this girl. Uh, they came out and said that Leslie Headland, co-creator of a Netflix series called Russian Doll, uh, has been hired for a new Disney Plus series. And uh, it's going to be basically female-centric. Uh, it's going to take place in a different uh, era of Star Wars that we haven't seen a series take place in before. A lot of people took that as it's a new era that we've never seen, but that's not the case. It's actually just it's just an era that we haven't seen a live series in yet. Uh, this is interesting. I, the actual, I, I think it was Variety that reported this, actually. And they put out uh, the, the statement that says details of the exact plot of the series are being kept under wraps, but sources say it will be a female-centric series that takes place in a different part of the Star Wars timeline than other projects. And that's coming from Variety. They have a pretty damn good track record when it comes to stuff like this. Uh, I don't know anything about Russian Doll. I said something to Kirsty about it. She said that her dad watched it and really enjoyed it quite a bit, said it was funny. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I just I don't know anything about it. I haven't I haven't watched it. I've never even heard of this girl until now. Uh, gonna probably be doing some research on her to see how I'm gonna feel about this in the future. But you know, now this is what this will be the fourth series that we know for a fact is coming, other than Mandalorian, which is already out, Obi Wan, which we know is coming, even though they've hired a new writer, Cast and Endor series, which is coming, which we're gonna talk about here in a minute, and now this one. So they've. They've got a plan going forward, and I'm, I'm really, really relieved to hear that they do, too. So 
Uh, let's see here. And this, you know, look, this next story I want to talk about real quick before we get into these mailbag questions. Uh, this is the story that I was most excited about to get on and talk about the podcast. I, I really just wanted to skim through the last two to get to this one. Uh, they have announced, and this kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't even expecting it. They have announced that on July 21st this year, we are getting a, a new audiobook centered around Dr. Afra. And this will be along the same lines as like what Dooku uh, Jedi Lost was with a full voice cast, everything like that. And I thought it was going to be an original story, but I it turns out that it's not. Uh, the actual the the actual syn- uh, synopsis for it, I should say, uh, says that it's going to be an expanded adaptation of her intro into the first Vader comic run. Uh, so this is kind of going to be more of an expanded version of what we saw in the Vader. Uh, I should say that I'm sorry for those of you that don't know it's the first Vader comic run uh, when she was introduced I think it was it was issue two or three she was introduced in. I think it was issues two or three I don't remember which exactly it was uh, but this is going to be more of an expanded version of that which is it's cool you know because BT and triple zero are there I'm really excited to hear them and to hear their dialogue back and forth I can't wait uh, but you know I know Dr. Afra is one of those characters that not a lot of people are really big fans of her. Uh, I, it, it's either you love her or you hate her. There's really nobody in between that's just like, nah, I could take her or leave her, I don't care. Usually people either hate her or they love her. Uh, and Afra is a character that, for me, does it. I, I really enjoy Dr. Afra quite a bit. There, it, The story's been hit or miss here and there, and really she's only ever been in the comics. She had one mention in a novel, but that was about it. But she's never really been mentioned anywhere else. To have an audiobook of her and the droids and Vader, that could be a lot of fun to listen to. You know, and, and we're gonna talk about Dooku here in a few minutes. But that was a, a book that I I couldn't listen to the audio for it. I had to actually sit down and read the book. And I think with this one, I'm definitely gonna try to sit down and listen to this one. I'm I'm really, really looking forward to it. And hopefully this is something that if you hate Afra, odds are you're not going to you know put in the time to sit and listen to this. But maybe you should, man. Maybe this book could give you a new appreciation for her. You know, uh, another thing that comes with this, they they haven't announced this yet. This isn't part of the announcement or anything like that. This is just pretty much me speculating, I guess you could say. I would guess that somewhere around October, you'll be able to expect a uh, a hardback edition of it, an actual hard copy of it, kind of like what they did with well, what they did with with Dooku. Uh, and release the script and hardback version. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I know that's going to end up happening. I, and, you know, I, I've called the Dooku thing. I said that was going to happen six months before it did and turned out to be right about it. So I'm I'm pretty confident they're going to end up coming out with a hard copy of this one too. Uh, Anthony Daniels is recording dialogue for a future animated Star Wars project right now. He is in a recording booth. He put this uh, image up on Twitter. Uh, he made his own recording booth and you know he's he's said he's recording dialogue for you know for the galaxy and he did mention you know hashtag 3po and all this stuff in it so there's there's a lot of people who are freaking out now thinking that this is going to be some new animated series that he's a part of you know and and really this kind of goes back to some of the rumors we heard a while back that there was going to be a uh, a new animated series coming out after return of the jedi 
with Luke training his new Jedi. And so this could be something along those lines. This could be the sequel series to Rebels that we heard about in that same rumor. Could be anything at this point. Hell, it could even be the new Lego run that's going to be coming out here before long. We don't know, you know. So Anthony Daniels is not done being 3PO yet. So for those of you who absolutely adore Anthony Daniels, I'm sure you'll be really happy to hear this. And the last bit of news I want to talk about uh, before I get down to Canon Spotlight is the Cassian Andor series. I want to talk about the series for just a few minutes. Uh, this is a series we keep hearing a lot about. Haven't seen anything for it yet, which is understandable with pre-production starting off the way it was and then this whole coronavirus thing kind of shutting everything down for a little while. This one, I guess, kind of got put on the back burner a little bit. But this is a series that a lot of people are kind of apprehensive about. From what I've seen, uh, some people really didn't like Rogue One and they don't want to see this series at all. I'm excited about this series, and and I really do want to see what Cassian was up to, you know, five years before Rogue One, and and maybe how he met K2. I know we have a one-shot comic for that, uh, but I want to see it. I want to see and maybe make it a little bit better than just a flip of a switch, and he's, you know, he's reprogrammed. I don't know. But the news concerning the Cassian Andor series is that they have uh, cast uh, Genevieve O'Reilly as Mon Mothma. She will be reprising her role from Rogue One. And if you really want to count the deleted scenes of Episode 3, she'll be reprising her role from those as well. Uh, this is great. I mean, it makes it, it only makes sense that she would be there. You know what I mean? It's, it's She's leading the rebellion. And honestly, I'm, I'm so excited about this Cassian series. It's going to be great. Rogue One did something in Star Wars that had never been done before. And it was, it showed the gray area between the Rebel Alliance and the Empire. And not everything was black and white. And it showed some of the steps that the Rebellion was willing to take to get certain missions done. You know, Cassian even talked about how he had assassinated people and done things that he wasn't proud of and stuff like that. That's That stuff's going to be in this series. And I cannot wait to see a spy thriller kind of series in Star Wars. So I'm really, really excited about Cassian Andor. I cannot wait for it. And the other piece of news that they did drop with this was that it is set five years prior to, to Rogue One. We weren't we weren't entirely sure exactly where it was going to be setting, where it took. I, I didn't know if it was two or three years before or what, but it's going to be five years bef, uh, before Rogue One, which leads me to believe I don't know this to be true, but it leads me to believe five seasons of the show possibly, you know, on on Disney Plus. So I'm very excited about it, uh, and, and cannot wait to see Mon Mothma pick up the white robes again and uh, try to lead the Rebellion a little bit more. All right, on to Canon Spotlight. Uh, this is the part of the show where I pick one piece of Canon that has maybe already come out, uh, you know, a while back, whatever, and, and sit down and review it. Now, this is a piece of Canon material that I've already done a proper review on on another episode of the podcast, but I figured if I'm going to be doing these Canon Spotlights, let's just start at the beginning of the timeline and work our way through it from the beginning all the way to the end. So let's do this. Let's start with Dooku uh, Jedi Lost. Dooku Jedi Lost started as an audio drama that was strictly audiobook exclusive. And when I heard that they were doing this, I was kind of bummed because I'm not real big into audiobooks. But I figured, you know, whatever, we'll, we'll give it a shot. And I wasn't disappointed. I never listened to the audio book version of it. I ended up getting the hardback book. And I, I was trying to listen to it and read it at the same time. And I just, I, I, could, I couldn't do it for some reason. Like, the, the way the book was written, it's got 
all of the stage directions in the book. So you could actually make a stage play out of this book and 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 everything. And it's got all the background and everything. And when you're listening to the audio, you just hear that in the background and a lot of it overlaps. So by the time in the book you catch up to where the dialogue, you're already four or five lines behind. You don't even you by the time you figure out where you were, you couldn't pay attention to what has been going on. So for me, it was just easier to sit down and and read the script rather than listen to the whole audio thing. Uh that doesn't necessarily mean that the audio version of it is bad. I did listen to parts of it, and it was really cool, and it was very high quality and high, you know, good production value the way they did it. And it was, you know, had all the sound effects, the music, the voiceover. They they even got Asajj Ventress's voice, like you know, but they couldn't get Count Dooku's for some reason. But anyway, well, I mean, I know why, but it's I know Christopher Lee's gone, but I'm talking about the Clone Wars version of Count Dooku. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to sit down and read, and it was a really good insight into Dooku's past through the eyes of Asajj Ventress. It really showed a lot of, you know, it, it almost made you sympathetic to Dooku in a way, and, and you kind of understand why his mentality was, I'm leaving the Jedi Order, and this these are the reasons why, and kind of what led up to it. And you can really sit back and go, I totally get it. I get why he did it, you know, and uh, Qui-Gon is in this novel, you know, there, there's different time jumps in this thing where he starts off as a Padawan, Yoda's training him at one point, and then, you know, there's a time jump and he's training Qui-Gon, and then there's another time jump and he's leaving the Order, it's just all this other stuff, but it's a lot of fun to read, it's a really, really good story, uh, sifo is in this book, so if you really want to see some of the relationship between Count Dooku and sifo that's a really good way to get into it. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to read. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Like I was talking about with Afra a while ago, I think I am going to try to just listen to Afra instead of reading through it. We'll see. I'm, I'm really hoping that it, it hits the same way this one does. But Dooku Jedi Lost, if you guys are not into audio versions, definitely at least pick up the script and give it a buzz through. You can read through it in no time. It's There's... It's not paragraphs or anything. It's literally, you can go through a page in 15 seconds, 20 seconds. So, I mean, you can get through it in no time. But it's a lot of fun to read, and it's a really good insight into Dooku. And like I said, what kind of makes him tick and, and, and what made him make certain decisions that he did. The voice acting in the audiobook version of it is absolutely phenomenal. The sound effects are phenomenal. The music is phenomenal. It's awesome to hear all of this stuff again. Uh, and actually, I, I believe, if I remember right, it was Asajj Ventress narrating most of it. Like I said, it was kind of through her eyes. Dooku sends her on a mission to uh, find his sister, really. And that's not a spoiler. That's right at the beginning of the book. Uh, to, to basically find her sister. And through this, through trying to find her, she's finding these hollow disks of where she's watching his life take place and, and different correspondence between the two of them while he was still in the Jedi Order and stuff like that. Absolutely great to read. Definitely pick it up, guys. You're not going to be disappointed that you listen to Dooku Jedi Lost. Or, the, or if you just read it, you're not going to be disappointed at all. I promise you that. Uh, all right, so let's get into some mailback questions. This is the part of the show where you guys get to decide the topic. If you want to get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast, you can email it to me at starwarscanonpodcast at gmail.com, or you can send it in a voice message through the Anchor app if you listen on that platform. I've got four mailback questions this week, uh, and let's get into some of these, man. I, absolutely. Question number one this week comes from Kyler Knowles, and Kyler says, Hey, Brian, longtime fan here. Uh, looking forward to the app and keep up the good work with the channel. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, my question is for people like myself who don't care to watch every episode of the Clone Wars TV show. 
What episodes and story arcs would you recommend watching? Uh, that's an excellent question, Kyler. And, and yeah, no, Kirsty and I are re-watching Clone Wars now. And as a matter of fact, I got a message from a friend of mine earlier today. Uh, she was harvest help for me at the elevator last year, and she said she'd never seen Star Wars. And she, she sent me a message earlier saying that uh, since then, she's watched all the movies, and now her and her husband are watching Clone Wars, and she absolutely loves it. So that's that's awesome. Uh, but Clone Wars, yeah, me and Kirsty are going through it again right now. And, and there's a lot of filler episodes in Clone Wars. There really is. There's there's a lot of stuff that you could skip right over. There's story arcs. on. There's full story arcs that you could skip completely over, and nobody cares. Uh, but there are several in there that are great arcs. Uh, and, and those arcs, I'll have them labeled on the app once it comes out. They'll, they'll be labeled by by arc, so you'll be able to go through and figure out which season and episode it is that you have to go through and, and the episode titles. Uh, but some of the arcs that really stand out to me are obviously, I mean, every fan, anybody who's watching this right now is screaming at the screen telling me to say the Mortis arc. And the Mortis trilogy is absolutely great. Uh, it, it Great, great arc. Uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka are called out to this, uh, I guess you could say a, a distress beacon. I think it's a distress beacon if I remember right. And they're supposed to meet up with a fleet when they get there. And they get there and they're talking to Rex. And Rex is like, we're here. And they're like, so are we. But they don't see each other. And Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Anakin get sucked into this realm of Mortis where they meet the father, the daughter, and the son, who are basically the force in essence. And, and the father's keeping them kind of in check. Great arc. Absolutely great arc. So awesome. And it, it leaves a lot of stuff up for interpretation as far as bringing the Force into balance and stuff. I, th I feel like in a way it answered the question of, of what that meant, but it, it's still kind of gray, to be honest. There's some great... I don't, I don't want to say fan service because the word fan service can scare people away now. There are some great references to things that we see later on in the films in, the, in some of these episodes that are absolutely great, man. You want to see Ahsoka turn to the dark side? You want to see Anakin turn to the dark side first? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much good stuff in that arc. Absolutely great, great arc. And it has galaxy-shattering repercussions after, you know, once you sit down and watch it and you see everything that happens. We've got the Onderon arc, which I think is four or five episodes. That's basically all the Saw Gerrera stuff when Anakin and Obi-Wan are teaching Saw Gerrera uh, and, and they're kind of, their militia. I don't, I shouldn't say teaching them, but assisting them and fighting the Separatists there. Really, really great arc, especially if you really liked Saw Gerrera. Uh, another good arc. Uh, Umbara is another good, uh, Umbrara, I think is how you say it, is a really good arc. It's dark. That's actually where Kirsty and I are at right now on our rewatch. We're like two episodes in and she freaking hates General Krell, man. She hates that guy so much. Uh, and, and like every time he says something or he's a dick to the clones, Kirstie's just like, what the fuck? Are you serious? How are you going to be like that? So she doesn't know how that arc ends yet. But uh, it's a great arc, man. That's a really good one. Uh, what else is a really good arc in Clone Wars? Uh, God, man, there's there's a lot. Honestly, there's an arc where, and it's I think it's a two-episode arc, and I think it's the the Return of Chewbacca arc. And honestly, I think it's very underrated. I think that arc is so underrated. Uh, it's it's basically Ahsoka gets captured during a, a battle in the Clone Wars by bounty hunters and dropped off on a planet to be hunted for sport. And it's two-episode arc. She comes across some of these other Padawans, and they're trying to get off the planet or whatnot. And, and, and 
one and I is it the end of the first episode or the second or beginning of the I think it's somewhere in the second episode. They crash one of the uh, prisoner ships and a Wookiee comes off of it and it's Chewbacca and he he basically joins the fight. That's a great little double episode arc. I absolutely loved it. Uh, a lot of the Yoda centric stuff at the end was really good. I, I think it was like the last five or six episodes where Yoda is basically going through his training on how to, I don't want to say how to become one with the force or to retain his individuality at the end of the, uh, of his life, but it really delved a lot into stuff like that. And Yoda facing his demons and his dark side. And you even see a dark side Yoda apparition in this thing. It's absolutely great. Great, great art. Uh, the Slaves of Zygerium, Zygeria, I think is how you say it, is another good one. There's a slave trade ring going on where uh, Togrudas are being enslaved. And so the council and all of their infinite freaking wisdom decide to send a former slave and a Togruda to take care of it. Um, but they go undercover in a slave ring, and that's a great, great arc also. There's so many good arcs, man. There's there's a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, and it's just, you, really, you, I, I hate to tell you this, but you almost have to watch the whole series because a lot of people will like things separately. You know what I mean? Some people may like some uh, some things that a lot of other people don't. So don't just listen. Don't just take my word for it. And I, I sound like LeVar Burton now on Reading Rainbow. Don't take my word for it. Uh, go, go and watch. Give it some chance. Give it a chance, man. You know, you might find something in Clone Wars that you really, really enjoy. The Citadel arc was really good also. Citadel was a good one. Uh, that was basically... Oh, I forget what Jedi it was. Was it Peel? I think it was Master Peel. Gets captured, and he goes to the Citadel, which is basically Jedi prison. And Obi-Wan and Anakin and Ahsoka are trying to break him out. And it's a, it's like the most inescapable prison ever. Uh, it's basically Alcatraz for Jedi. And it, it's a great, great episode. Tarkin is in that episode. Uh, that was a nice little reveal in there. That, that's a really fun one. That's a really fun one to watch. And you see Tarkin's a dick, but you also see why Anakin and Tarkin get along so well in this episode. Anakin's like, well, he's not wrong, and Tarkin kind of has respect for Skywalker. So there's there's a lot there that's that's really, really good. Now, I can't speak for the new stuff yet. I haven't watched any of the new Clone Wars season yet. Basically because I was getting ready to sit down and watch it, and Kirsty was going to watch it with me, and she was like, do I need to watch all of it? To really know what's going on, I'm like, I don't know. You, so I'd seen her some, I'd shown her some of the the arcs, but I hadn't, we hadn't watched all of it together. So I was like, you know what, I, I can't do this, I can't. So I, we waited on the last season, and we started it all over and started going through uh, the series again chronologically, watch, rewatching everything. So that basically by the time we get up to the end of it, we're going to be able to binge watch the whole series, which is going to be awesome. So I, don't ruin anything for the last season for me, guys, if you've seen it. Don't ruin anything for me, please, for the love of God. Uh, but yeah, I hope that answers your question. There's, Like I said, there's a lot of good arcs in there. Uh, the Battle for Mon Calamari, I think it's Water War, is is the first episode of that one. That one's not bad, if you like Mon Calamari and corn stuff. Uh, oh, oh, anything with Cad Bane, babe. Dude, Holocron Heist was probably one of the greatest arcs in that series. And it was, it was basically Bane blackmailing, or I shouldn't say blackmailing, uh, holding a holocron hostage, holding the Republic hostage to get this holocron. Uh, oh my God, there's another, I don't remember the name of the arc. Hang on, they're, they're all coming to me. There's another arc that's really, really good. 
and I and I'm coming up on it with Kirsty right now, and I'm so excited about this arc. It's it's probably my favorite arc. And when you guys hear me, if you guys have watched it, you know what I'm talking about. There's a bounty hunter ring that Obi Wan's going undercover into, and the only way he's going to be able to do it is to look like the guy, the, this bounty hunter, sound like this bounty hunter. But the only way he's going to be able to do this mission is if Anakin thinks he's dead. So Obi Wan fakes his death. And go undergoes surgery to look like this guy and and shaves his hair and his beard off and, and puts his chip in his throat so he sounds like the bounty hunter. Obi-Wan's funeral's in it. And and it like so Obi-Wan goes undercover, and the whole time Anakin's trying to track down who killed him, and he f- ends up thinking it's who Obi-Wan is. So it's a great, great arc. It's so much fun. That one's a blast to watch. I cannot wait to watch that one with Kirsty. So uh, I hope that answers your question, Kyler. Definitely go and give those episodes a shot, man. Uh, the titles for some of those episodes are on the Facebook page on the timeline that Richard J. put together. So uh, head over there and check that out. Thanks for the question, man. I do appreciate it. Uh, question number two this week comes from Damon West. And Damon says, hey there, Brian. Big fan of your channel. Been watching since your Mike Quinn interview. Keep up the great work. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, he says, I noticed you have ranked books, comics, movies, etc., but you've never ranked pieces of soundtrack. I was wondering if you could rank your top five music pieces from the films. Thank you for what you do. Thanks for the question, Damon. Uh, yeah, and you're right. That's one thing I've never done. I've never ranked music. And I went through. It was it was hard. When I read this mailbag question, it was so hard to narrow it down to five. Because John Williams is just a genius maestro, right? Uh, but I was able to narrow it down. And I think a lot of people will agree with me on at least the five that I picked, I hope. Uh, maybe not necessarily the order that I picked, that I ended up setting them in, but at least the five that I did pick. Uh, number five on my list, out of the top five, because you know there's dozens and dozens and dozens of, of, of soundtracks. So number five, just because this is lowest on my list does not mean I don't like this piece of music. Love it. Number five on my list, Imperial March. I I love the Imperial March. That's a piece of music that has stood the test of time that just you hear it and you instantly go to Darth Vader and seeing Darth Vader. And they use it so subtly in a lot of the new stuff, with especially Clone Wars. And when you sit and watch Clone Wars again, anytime Anakin does something remotely dark, even just like remotely dark or just gets a look in his eye, you hear just a soft tone of it in the background. And it's so great to listen to. That is such a great piece. It, it sounds imperial. It sounds like something that a dictator's army would march to. It really does. Absolutely love Imperial March. Number four on my list is Duel of the Fates. I love Duel of the Fates, and honestly, it's the only piece of soundtrack that I've got from the prequels on this list. I love Duel of the Fates. And you know, Richard J., he was telling me, if you sit down and listen to, 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 it's based off of, I think he said a Welsh poem. If you sit down and actually read the lyrics, it talks about Mother Talzin and all these other things. And it's it's awesome. It, it's got more depth than you even realize it has. It, it it fits the theme of Darth Maul so well that it's ridiculous. So Duel of the Fates is definitely number four on my list. Number three on my list. This is probably where I think a lot of people are going to start disagreeing with me. Uh, the Force theme, or if you want, if you want to call it uh, the binary sunset theme, that's the one where Luke is looking at the twin sunsets. Uh, and it's just, that's number three on my list. That is just one of the most beautiful. I just got chills thinking about it. I, I seriously, I just got goosebumps. Uh, thinking about the Force theme and the binary sunset, 
and that look in his eye as he's looking off into the sunset and you hear that music and it just makes it makes you feel so small like the world is so much bigger around you and that it, there's so much more out there and and it kind of gives you this lonely vibe a little bit of you know it's out there but you may never see it or you're you know you're stuck where you're at absolutely adored that theme I love it and every time I see the binary sunset scene I that music it gets me every time it gets me every time I love it uh, number two on my list and this is one that I swear to God I will stand by until the day I die number two on my list is Yoda's theme Yoda's theme when you if you go on Spotify right or if you have the CDs and you listen to Yoda's theme there's something kind of what's the word I'm looking for there's something really, I don't want to say playful. I, I really can't place my finger on what word it is I'm trying to, to think of to describe this. It, it matches Yoda so well. It, it almost, I'm trying to think of a way to describe it, but you can't describe music as wise. But it, if you guys get what I'm, get what I'm trying to say, it's got this kind of sound to it that it makes, li it makes everything seem so simple. It's just, it, it, think of Last Jedi, love it or hate it, right? I know a lot of people. I, I know a lot of people. You, I know a lot of you guys just went, oh god, you lost me. Yoda's scene in Last Jedi. You guys know where I stand on the sequel trilogy now. I still stand by Yoda's scene in Last Jedi being my favorite Yoda scene. Who? I don't care what he looked like. I don't care. What he told Luke was great, and when you have that theme behind it, it seems like. It almost gave it that feeling like Yoda was telling him, but almost like a kindness to it, a gentleness to it, I guess is what I was trying to say earlier. It, it just, it matches Yoda so well, and just the melody of it is so, it's just so peaceful to sit and listen to. I absolutely love it. It's so good. Uh, and the number one theme on my list, and I'm, I'm not just saying this, this is an, I cannot listen to this theme without crying now, without shedding a tear. And it is Leia's theme. If you sit and listen to that flute and just, it's just, oh my God, it's so beautiful. It, it's, it's one of those themes that no matter where you are, or you may not even be thinking about Star Wars, but no matter where you are or who you're talking to or what you're doing, as soon as you hear Leia's theme, you think of Princess Leia. As soon as you do, these other themes, you know, some of them you got to listen to for a minute other than Duel of the Fates or Imperial March. Those are pretty much just, you know what they are. But Leia's theme is one of those that you're just like, oh, that's my princess. I miss her so much. You know what I mean? So Leia's theme is definitely number one on my list. Guys, let me know in the comments below. What are your top five musical pieces? That was a great question. I've never been asked anything about music. And I it, it caught me off guard. And I had to throw that one in there. Guys, let me know what your top fives are. I definitely want to see them. Uh, question number three this week comes from Kay Freeman. Let me find the, uh, the graphic here. Here we go. It comes from Kay Freeman. And Kay says, hello, Brian. My husband and I are longtime listeners of your podcast on Apple Podcasts. We are super impressed with how your show has grown and evolved, and we wish you all the best moving forward. Thank you so much for the kind words. I appreciate it. We were wondering if you would share your thoughts on something that is bothering us. In The Empire Strikes Back, at the age of 900, Yoda says he trained Jedi for 800 years. That means he was around 100 when he began training Jedi. The child in The Mandalorian is already half of that and is the equivalent of a toddler. Is this a discrepancy in Yoda's comments, or do they age faster the older they get? Keep up the amazing work. Thanks for the question, Kay. 
Uh, I have no clue. <laughs> you have got I, I, you've got me. I don't know. But you bring up an interesting point because Yoda does say, you know, he was, I think he was 890, I think he was 897 when he died, basically 900. But he said for 800 years, I trained Jedi. So yeah, he would have been 100 years old when he started. And the child is 50 years old in the Mandalorian and is a baby. So... Do his species age faster the older they get, or is that a discrepancy somewhere? And honestly, I'm I think it's an oversight. I think it's something that they didn't think of when they said the baby was 50 years old. Cause I mean, I I when they I don't know this to be true, but when they sat down to say, How old are we gonna make this baby Yoda thing or the child? How how old are we gonna make the child? And they said, well, Yoda was 900, and he looked pretty good, so let's just say they age slow, and he's 50 years old. And I think that's what they went with. I think that's what they decided on doing, but I don't think they took into account that Yoda said, for 800 years, I've trained Jedi. Now, had Yoda said, for 600 years, I trained Jedi, that would make a lot more sense. But with this baby Yoda thing now, that's interesting. I really don't know. Maybe it'll be explained in Season 2. When, you know, the Mandalorian takes the child back to wherever he belongs, we're probably going to get a, a planet or a colony full of these things. And they're all probably Force users. Uh, so it's, I, I don't know. I really don't know. You know, because think about it. Yoda looked like he was about 80 years old. Even I know he was 900, but human-wise, he looked like he's aged about 80 years old, right? And if... Yeah, how old would you say Baby Yoda was? Toddler age? So one or two? Let's say two. Let's be nice and say two. So every two years for us, or for them, is basically 50 years for us. So a year is equal to 25 years. So how old would that make Yoda if he was 80 years old and 80 times 25? You know what I mean? So it's how old was Yoda, honestly? Did they retcon his age? I don't know. I, guys, if you know something I don't, let me know in the comment section. But that's a really great question. That's a really good question. I just, I honestly, I would say it's just an oversight in production and it's something that they didn't think of. And then now they're probably going to have to come up with some way to explain it away. I don't know. So uh, I'm sorry I don't have more of an answer for that. But that was something I kind of, you know, I read that question. I wanted to bring it to y'all's attention. Because it's interesting. I never thought of it that way before. And it's it's makes you think. It really does. So uh, thanks for the question. I do appreciate it. And guys, thank you so much for being fans. I really do appreciate that as well. Uh, and the last question this week, I think this is going to be a shorter episode this week. That's okay. Uh, mailbag question number four comes from Jason Fisher. And Jason says, hey, Brian, big fan. I look forward to each new episode you do. I was wondering if you had heard the rumors that Jedi Fallen Order would be a trilogy. Just saw people talking about it. Was uh, talking about it was didn't know if there was any merit to it. Uh, if you think there is, is there a possibility we could see characters like Han, Leia, Cassian, Andor, and the like make cameos? May the Force be with you. Thank you for the question, Jason. And yeah, no, I I didn't know what you were talking about when I first saw that. And yeah, there's there's rumors going around that they want to make it a trilogy, which is cool. That's a great. Whatever. That's yeah. Hell yeah. Jedi Fallen Order was a great game. It was a blast to play. It was, I don't, don't freak out as soon as I say this, guys. It was the best Star Wars game we've gotten since Knights of the Old Republic. I didn't say it was better than Knights of the Old Republic. I said it was sin, the best since Knights of the Old Republic. Jedi Fallen Order was an absolute thrill to play. 
it gave you the opportunity to go through this storyline and, and through Cal's story and not necessarily in a linear fashion, you know, with the flashbacks kind of going back to Order 66 and some of his training and stuff like that. But it was so much fun to go through. And the the, the level building was amazing. The world building was amazing. Getting to explore Dathomir. Just, all these things were so much fun. Being introduced to new creatures. You go to Bagano. Look at how many creatures were on that planet you'd never seen before. That was an amazing planet to go to. Uh, and, and obviously the big Vader twist. You know, toward the end of the game. Holy crap, dude. That was an amazing game. Which, honestly... Think about it for a second. Star Wars, the original Star Wars movie was honestly set up to be a standalone film. It was really, really was. It had a beginning, a middle, and they could have never made another Star Wars movie and it would have been fine. And Jedi Fallen Order is the same way. If they never made another Jedi Fallen, uh, Fallen Order game, it'd be fine. It'd be, it's a great standalone piece. But what did they do with Star Wars? They went back and made two more acts to it that made everything flow together. Why couldn't you do that with Jedi Fallen Order? You've you've left it off at a great, I don't want to say cliffhanger, but the ending of Jedi Fallen Order was so great because now we know that Vader knows that Seer and Cal are out there and that they had that holocron. And Vader's not just going to let him go. He's not just going to stop. He knows there's two Jedi out there now, one of them pretty strong in the dark side of the Force. He's not going to let him go. He's going to be hunting their asses down. And that's coming later on. It's got to be in this next game. And yeah, I hope to God they they do make this a trilogy. I think that'd be amazing. We don't have a good trilogy of Star Wars games. We don't. I mean, even as good as Knights of the Old Republic 2 is, it still, to me, doesn't hold a candle to the first game. It's good, don't get me wrong, but it's just, it does, it's not as good as the first one. We don't have a good trilogy of Star Wars games. And Jedi Fallen Order would be a great one to make a really good trilogy off of. You could build off of that, no problem. And hell, you could even, look, do something in this in, in the next game that you that they've only ever done in a handful of games. Uh, Mass Effect is one that I can think of off the top of my head. Where you can transport your character and your skills from the game before into, the, into the, your new character. Or just carry them over. Granted, it might make you a little OP'd at the beginning of this next game. But so what? So what? You're a Jedi. It's supposed to be. Well, I shouldn't say it's supposed to be easy, but it's going to be easy. You know what I mean? At least carry over your lightsaber. For the love of God, man. A lot of people spent a lot of time building their lightsabers in that game, which was another great aspect of that game. So many different combinations you can make your lightsaber. And they were all Galaxy's Edge pieces, if you guys didn't realize it. Uh, but yeah, no, I hope I hope they make this a trilogy. And, and I hope they build it up to something that is absolutely amazing. You could do so much with a trilogy of games like this. You really could. So, uh, yeah, there is there is talk that that does have merit to it. They are seriously considering doing that. I knew that. I, I do know that they've already been talking about doing another game. Uh, I guess a second game, if you would. Uh, you know, at least a sequel to it. But this is the first that I'd heard of, of a trilogy. But, yeah, absolutely, man. I'd, I'd love to see a trilogy of this game. Absolutely. And, you know, especially with the Inquisitors and everything and... and, and 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 uh, I forgot where I was going with that thought for a second. With the Inquisitors, oh, I know you could see, at some point maybe run into Rebels characters. Why not? You know what I mean. And, and but to answer your question, also you ask about uh, cameos of Han, Leia, Cassian, Andor, stuff like that. Uh, I don't think you would ever see a Han cameo. I don't think so. Basically, because in A New Hope, Han didn't believe in the Force. 
he didn't he you know hokey religions and ancient weapons are no good for or no match for a good blaster side kid. So he really can't come across Cal because that would kind of null and void that Leia, possibly. She knew about Obi Wan. She knew Obi Wan was out there. Why couldn't she know Cal was out there? That's that's true. Uh, Cassian Andor, you could probably come ac- come across Cassian in some capacity, maybe. Uh, you're probably going to see, I mean, you're obviously going to see Vader again if you keep going, but show the Emperor, man. Show Vader getting orders from the Emperor like they did in Rebels. You know, just, you, you could throw cameos in there. Don't force them in, no pun intended, but you could do it and make them make sense. Except for the Han Solo one. I don't think you can make Han make sense. You can't see Luke. You can't see Obi-Wan. There's there's certain characters that you're not, you're probably not going to see. Unless, maybe you could come across Obi-Wan and you just never, he never shows you that he's a Jedi in the game. You know what I mean? It's a possibility. So, uh, thanks for the question, Jason. I do appreciate it. Uh, real quick, I've only been going for like uh, 45 minutes. Let's go over to the live chat real quick. I want to see what you guys are talking about. Uh, on the live chat, uh, AAMJ00 is on. What's going on, brother? Kyler's on. Kyler Knowles, how's it going? Twilight Company is a hard book to get through. I'm struggling to get through it right now. Yeah, Twilight Company was really slow. I don't know how far you are into it right now. Uh, but that book picks up about halfway through. And that was one, I, I appreciate Twilight Company for what it was. After being in the military and seeing Star Wars from a, a, a militaristic point of view, from the ground soldiers point of view, from the ground pounders. It's it's a really interesting look into it. I really, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh let's see here. AAMJ says, Kyle, I don't know how I feel about that book either. It has some amazing stuff and some iffy stuff. It really does. It's got its shades of good and bad. Uh but like I said, it picks up I, I thought it picked up about halfway through and really took off. The Battle of Hoth was really cool in that book, though. It was a lot of fun to read that in that book. Uh, let's see here. Toto, I think is how you say, uh, say your name. Almost done reading Most Wanted. Actually enjoying it quite a bit. Good. I'm glad you're liking it. I, I wasn't a big fan of Most Wanted. It was, for me personally, I, it was I just anything that came out for the solo, I just the whole solo era, I just really didn't care for. I don't know what it was. I just, I wanted to like it. I really, really, really wanted to like it. But for some reason, Most Wanted just didn't do it for me. Uh, let's see here. Kyler says, my favorite arc is, uh, Umbarian, uh, oh, the Umbarian arc. Yeah, no, that's a great, great arc. Uh, AAMJ says, Mandalore and Maul. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's a good one. Uh, let's see here. Toto says, Yoda season six arc. Yes, absolutely. That Yoda-centric stuff in Clone Wars is so, so good. Uh, Mortis is good. Yes. Current arc is probably second favorite ahead of Umbaria. Or the current arc? Oh, okay, so you're talking about the new season uh, of of uh, Clone Wars. I haven't gotten that far yet. I, I, you know what? I have heard, though, that like the first half of the of the new season is kind of slow to get through. But now, but I've heard it's picking up now. But I haven't I haven't had anything spoiled for me or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I heard it was pretty good. Maul on Mandalore, yeah. Ahsoka Framed, that's a good one, too. Absolutely, that's a great one. Uh, and God, what a gut punch. That's where men cried. I tell you what, holy crap. Uh, Siege of Mandalore is number one. It finishes, of course. Uh, once it finishes, of course. I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping they they put it out with a bang. I really, really do. Uh, let's see here. Let's go on down. Citadel arc is pretty cool, too. Yep, it is. Uh, four arc episode with the droids. That one, yeah, that one's funnier than hell. Uh Let's see here. Kyler says, I've only ever watched the necessary arcs. So like Mortis, Umbara, Citadel, and all of seasons five and six. That's basically it. 
Yep, you hit the nail on you. You've pretty much hit the nail on the head with that one. Oh, I forgot to. Oh no, anything with ninety nine in it too. There's like two episodes, two or three episodes with ninety nine. Oh God, man, I love that clone so damn much. Uh, let's see here. Kyler says you're gonna love season seven. I'm hoping so, man. I'm really, really hoping. I'm I'm really, really excited about it. I can't wait to get to it. Uh, and honestly, to be able to sit down, look, the, one of the biggest things I'm looking forward to with season seven is I've seen all of Clone Wars except for the final season. Kirsty hasn't. And watching her watch it for the first time is so much fun. Watching her reaction to stuff and 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 whatnot. But I'm really looking forward to season seven, getting to season seven, because then she and I are watching stuff for the first time together. And I'm I'm really, really excited about that. I can't wait for it. I, I'm so over the moon about season seven. I can't wait. Uh let's see here. Kyler says Luke's theme, Yoda theme, Duel of the Fates, main theme, and the Imperial March. No order, just my top five. Uh, yeah, no, there you're hell. I think you pretty much had all of them the same except for, uh, uh, the main theme. I didn't have that one. I will say this though. I'm the main theme is good. Absolutely. It's iconic. Every time I go to a star Wars movie and I don't care how excited I am for it or not. And when I hear the main theme, I'm excited. It's, it hits you, you know? And as much as I didn't like episode nine or the trailers for episode nine, really that, that epic theme that they used for the trailers for episode nine where it kind of has that triumphant sound to it. It's just awesome to listen to. It's so cool to listen to. Uh, AAMJ says, Force theme, Across the Stars, Yoda's theme, Ray's theme, and Duel of the Fates for me. Good choices, man. Ray's theme's a good one, too. Uh, actually, Ray's theme was almost number five on mine until I remembered Imperial March, and I had to bump it. Uh, really, really good one. Uh, Toto says, I'm sorry, Anakin's Betrayal, Ahsoka's theme, Binary Sunset, and Duel of the Fates for me. Oh, no, that's good. That's a good one, too. Uh, Juanito, how's it going, man? Uh, he says, can't rank them, but I love the fighter attack. Oh, that's a good one. Across the Stars, the Scavenger, Leia's theme, and Battle of the Heroes. God, man, yeah, no, absolutely great. We're going to have to, look, I'm going to have to sit down now because, because of this mailback question. And I'm going to have to go through Spotify, uh, Spotify and pull out all of the soundtracks of Star Wars and go through these damn things. That's going to be a hell of a, of a, of a YouTube video. I'm, I'll probably get copyright flagged because I'll probably want to put some of the clips of the of the music on there as I'm talking about them. And I'm probably going to get copyright flagged like a son of a bitch. Might be worth it, though. Uh, Kyler Knowles says, maybe Yoda just lies about his age because he forgot how old he actually is. That's entirely possible. That That's possible, too. Uh, I think George Lucas did come out and say he was 900 years old, though. Uh, so I, I don't know, man. The Yoda thing is just really... It's bugging me now. Since they pointed that out, that's bugging the hell out of me. I I don't know. I need an answer to that. Uh, Toto says he'd be in his late 30s by that assumption. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Juanito says, I think it's just one of the things George made back in the 80s and didn't correct in the prequels, so there's nothing he can do. That's possible. Yeah, no, he he did. Look, if Yoda's 900 years old or or more, right, he's training Jedi during this High Republic era that we're getting ready to get. So you're going to... How can you not see Yoda? You're going to see Yoda in the High Republic stuff. You're going to have to. Uh, let's see here. Toto says, uh, could you come across Jin? Wouldn't she still be with Saw, or am I forgetting some things? Oh, in Jedi Fallen Order. No. Uh, well, yeah, I think she would be, wouldn't she? Or... 
No, 16 years. Hang on, I got to do some math in my head real quick. Uh, 16 years off of basically between episodes two and three. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Now that you say that, I think she would have been with Saw during the first Fallen Order game. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, which, what else is interesting is, well, I don't know, because Fallen Order isn't, eh, would it be after? Eh, I'm trying to think. Sorry, I'm thinking out loud. Maybe she wouldn't be, because Saw, yeah, no, you're right. I think she was supposed to be with him at that point in the timeline. Maybe she was off doing a mission or something, because he did say she was his most uh, capable uh, soldier at that point. So maybe she was off on a mission somewhere and she wasn't on Kashyyyk with him. I don't know. But yeah, that's interesting now that you say that. Jen, because basically the story of Jen, you guys, if if you've watched Rogue One, you, you know the nutshell version of it. But if you read uh, Rebel Rising, you really get the story of what happened. You know, she got left in a bunker because Saul got injured and she was 16 and she had a knife. That was it. That was it. And she had to survive until the morning, and then she was on her own. She was all over. She had no idea where Saul went, nothing, and, and she was on her own at 16. So, yeah, that you could come across her. I don't know why you couldn't. There's a big gap there, too, but it, that says over the next several years, Jen traveled to this planet, to that planet, to that planet, in a paragraph. So it does like a big time jump in just a paragraph. So, yeah, you could come across her. Uh, why not? Uh, let's see here. Kyler says, only like 100 pages. Oh, you're 100 pages into Twilight Company. Uh, I don't know. There's just too many characters in my opinion. I liked Alphabet Squadron more. Ah, oh, ouch. <laughs> uh, I didn't like Alphabet Squadron. Uh, yeah, you're you're probably coming up on some of the, the better stuff in that book, to be completely honest. It's, it, Twilight Company does start slow, and then it really kicks you in the ass when you get about halfway through. Uh. AAMJ00 says, I don't think Respawn Entertainment wants cameos. That's You're probably not wrong. Uh, and connections in Jedi Fallen Order, and I actually like that. You know, I, I see where you're coming from. And, yeah, no, if if I was Respawn and I was making my games, I would want my game to be able to stand on its own. Being a Jedi, yeah, you're going to attract Darth Vader, and that makes sense. So it makes sense that Vader's there. But other cameos, yeah, you know, I you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You want your game to stand on its own. You don't want it to rely on other characters being there and yeah you don't always need them there you know and and it goes back to what we've talked about before about galaxy building and introducing more characters into the galaxy rather than just seeing the same stuff over and over again yeah no it's it, show me more characters yeah you don't have to have people not everybody in the galaxy has to have met you know what i mean you're you're right uh let's see here juanito says don't mean to extra hype you but as of now siege of mandalore reaches original trilogy quality Oh, you are, mm, you, you shouldn't be telling me stuff like that. Uh, let's see here. Toto says, Siege of Mandalore is my favorite Star Wars content of all time. Uh, and I don't say that lightly. You guys are making me want to like tie Kirsty to a chair and proper eyeballs open and just binge watch this tonight to get through to it. God, you guys got to stop this. You're, you're making me really, you're motivating me though. I'll say that you're motivating me to get her through it. Uh, let's see here. Toto says, I meant, I'm so sorry. The unreleased theme from, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good one too. Uh, I, I didn't know what you were talking about for a second, but yeah, no, that you're, you're right. Uh, let's see here. Kyler Noll says, I don't think I've raged so hard in a game like I did in Fallen Order. I was determined to beat it on hardest difficulty and couldn't do it. Uh, 
Okay, so I raged playing Jedi Fallen Order basically because I couldn't finish my playthrough. What happened was I started doing my playthrough and I was putting the videos on YouTube and I got three videos in. Actually, I got two videos in first. There's three videos up, but I got two videos in and uh, I started the next video, the third video. And by the time when I got done with it, I realized I hadn't recorded any of it. I hadn't recorded any of my last like hour and a half of gameplay. And I was like, I can't skip that. I was like, damn it. So I started looking, trying to see if there's a way to go back to a checkpoint. And there wasn't. There was no way to get back to where I was when I started my video. So I'm like, are you kidding me? So I had to completely start the game over, replay the first two videos that I already had up, stop, start recording my third video, and went and, and did my third video. Same thing happened for my fourth video. And by the time I got to my fourth video, I was like, I'm not playing four hours of this game again just to make another hour-long video. So I, that's the only reason I raged. It was basically. And I, I tried playing it on the hardest difficulty. And you're not wrong. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Some of those Inquisitors that pop up. I shouldn't say Inquisitors. The, the Purge Troopers. Some of the Purge Troopers were just OP as hell. Even on some of the like the normal difficulty. Some of them were, Jesus, really? Uh, still a good game, though. Uh, let's see here. Juanito saw left gen around seven to five BBY. Yeah. So fallen order is, yeah. So she would still be with him. Wouldn't she? She would. Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't there. I don't know why. Kyler says never played KOTOR, but how good is it really? Okay. So KOTOR, Nazi of the Old Republic was, uh, an RPG that came out back in the early 2000s. I had it on original Xbox first. And matter of fact, the the Christmas that I got my Xbox, I think was 2002. When I got Jesus, that was 18 years ago. God. Uh anyway, when when I got my Xbox, I it came with uh, a game that was like it was two games in one disc or not one disc, but in one case and it was Tetris and Clone Wars. <laughs> And I played the crap out of Clone Wars. And then I got uh, Jedi Academy. Because I'd already played Jedi Outcast on PC. But I got Jedi Academy for the Xbox. And on the back of the Xbox, the box that the Xbox came in, it was showing different screenshots of different games that were out. And one of them was a Star Wars game. And the only reason I knew that was because it, it was this tiny little picture on the box. But it was somebody standing there with a lightsaber lit in their hand. I was like, I want to know what game that is. So I went and got on AOL... <laughs> And started trying to figure out what game that was. And it was Knights of the Republic. So I'm like, I want to see what this game, I want to see what it is. So I went to Walmart with my mom and dad, and there it was. And I asked them if I could get it, and they said yes. Brought it home, put it in. And I played it for like 15 minutes, and I was like, man, forget this game. This game sucks. And it was basically because it was all turn-based combat, right? I'd never played a game like that before. I was like 13 or 14 at the time. I didn't know any better. Uh, and I ended up stopped playing it. So... Like two or three years goes by, and I, I grew up a little bit. Episode three came out, and uh, I was like, "Man, I want to go back. I want to see what this. I want to see if this Knights of the Old Republic game is is really that good." And I started playing it, and yeah, holy crap! If you, it, I wasn't used to the RPG style games at the time, and honestly, this was the first one I ever played. But Knights of the Old Republic has a story that the first time I played it through. There were no spoilers online. You know what I mean? It was still, I it, I never got on the internet to look at stuff about Star Wars news at the time. There wasn't a whole lot coming out because all the movies were out then. That was a game that even though it was two or three years, 
four years after it came out that I finally played it, I still didn't have the plot twist ruined for me. And it was a story that I really, really enjoyed. Even before the plot twist, it was a great story. Finding these star maps and, and the, the planet layouts were awesome in my opinion. The one thing that pissed me off more than anything, though, was on Tatooine. And you have to run from Anchorhead all the way out into the desert to the Jawa Sandcrawler. All the way back into town. And then you have to go all the way out past the Jawa Sandcrawler to get to the Tusken Raider camp, right? And it's just so much running. I would I would literally fall asleep. I, I would I would play Nazi World Republic so long at night that I was falling asleep playing it. And I would get to the point where I'm running out and I would fall asleep with a stick forward on my controller and wake up running into a Jawa Sandcrawler. It, it was just a hell of a run. But the game was so great, man. And, and honestly, I went back and started another playthrough of it three months ago and ended up beating it, turning around and starting another game and playing it again, just back to back like that. It's so great. The second one, the second one had better gameplay. I think, I think it had a better heads up display, better game mechanics, but the story wasn't as good. It was good. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't as good, but Knights of the Old Republic, if you actually sit down and dedicate a good amount of time to it and actually work your way through it one little bit at a time and you have conversations with everybody and you do your best to do all the side quests. There's so much there that's so much fun to go through that it's just, it's it's great, you know? And there's some links between two, uh, the, the one and two. There's like the Crystal Cave on, on, on uh, Dantooine, which is weird because I think the second game took place, I think it was like five years after the first one. But when you go back to the same Crystal Cave on Dantooine, it's laid out completely different, but it's the same cave system. So I don't, I don't know. But yes, Knights of the Old Republic is absolutely great, dude. Um, Toto says about an hour into playing Kotor for the first time, loving the story, but the gameplay doesn't really hold up, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's that's really what kind of threw me off the first time. It's that turn-based combat is it, it can get annoying. It really can. Uh, let's see here. Juanita says, is there any Legends book you currently, you're currently currently reading or wanting to? I'm almost halfway through Path of Destruction. Oh, my God. You're reading Bane. Oh, so good. I'm so jealous that you're reading that. Um, no, I'm not really reading any Legends right now. I tried reading Legends a year and a half ago, two years ago. I tried reading uh, some Legends stuff that I'd never read before. And uh, I don't even remember what... Well, maybe it was Dawn of the Jedi. I think it was the very first book in, in Legends, but I, I just I couldn't get into it very well. And uh, I ended up dropping dropping it. But no, there's there's a lot of good stuff in Legends. There really is. That Bane trilogy, you're going to have a blast with that one. Uh, absolutely. But no, there's really nothing in Legends I'm reading right now. It's something I'm wanting to read. Honestly, I think I'm going to pick up Death Troopers. And, and before you guys yell at me and say it's, it's shit, I, I've heard everybody talk about it. I know. But there's one, uh, there's one channel on YouTube that I watch that so far, I agree with them 90, 90% of the time on, on book reviews. And they really liked Death Troopers. And I know there's a lot of bad stigma around Death Troopers, but I really, really kind of want to read it just to see. Just and, and if it's bad, if I start getting into it, then I... You know, I'll, I'll put it down, but it, I, the reason I stopped reading legend stuff was for some reason, I, I don't know what it is. Don't ask me. And maybe I'm just, maybe it's just a, a stupid part of my brain, but I can't differentiate if I'm reading canon from non-canon right now, uh, because I've read so much canon stuff, 
Now when I sit down and read something that's not canon, it I, I'm sitting there thinking in my head, well, that can't be because this was going on. Then. And then I have to remind myself that it's not canon. You know, so it's, and it takes me out of the book a little bit. Maybe I can get over that. Maybe I can overcome it. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, no, honestly, I think I'm going to try to pick up Death Troopers at some point. Uh, James uh, Waterlack, is that how you say your name? I hope I'm not butchering that, brother. I'm awful sorry if I am. Uh, where did you get that Inferno Squad poster? Poster? Oh, Inferno Squad poster. Uh, so I have a friend in Florida who I've talked to on video call a couple times. Uh, he he watches the or he listens to the podcast. Uh, Nicholas Paul Nave is his name, and uh, he was going to celebration. God, what year would it have been? Twenty seventeen. It was either sixteen or seventeen. Celebration 16 or 17. I don't remember which one it was. It might have been 16, actually. Uh, and he got several things for me while he was there. He got uh, a card uh, autographed by Steve Sansweet, the, the guy that owns Rancho Obi-Wan. I got He sent me his autograph. He got me that poster for Inferno Squad. It's autographed by Christy Golden. Uh, he got me this Thrawn poster, which is autographed by Timothy Zahn. Uh, he sent me some stickers and some postcards and stuff like that. Absolutely awesome. It was awesome to get the stuff in the mail. I, I'm, I'm still eternally grateful to him for, for getting the stuff for me. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, but yeah, he, he got those autographed for me and he actually said there was a funny story with the Timothy Zahn one. He said that, uh, if I remember, I, if I recall what he said, they were only allowed one autograph a piece and he took the second poster up there and he said, Hey, is there any way? Uh, I could get another one for my buddy. And I guess he Timothy Zahn kind of looked around for a second and was like, yeah, these guys are charging too much for an autograph. And he signed it and gave, gave him the second one uh, for me. And hell yeah, dude. Awesome. And I meant to send him all of the uh, dust covers to my novels on my canon shelf to have him see if he can get them autographed by you know the respective authors. But I, I didn't get them in the mail in time to get them to him. And that's on me. That sucks. But yeah, that's that came from... God, I really want to say 2016. It was 2016. It's copyrighted 2016. So uh, that's that's where that came from. Uh, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 where was I? Toto, both Siege episodes are in the top 25. Both? Oh, both Siege episodes are in the top 25 television episodes on IMDb for any show. It's a bit exaggerated, but not completely unworthy. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I'm... I can't wait to get into that season of Clone Wars. Uh, let's see here. AAMJ says, I would say Siege is top 10 Star Wars content ever. Ever? Uh, but we still have half of it to finish. Guys, you're you're making me want to say screw Kirsty and just watch it without her. Uh, Toto's saying, first stream, loving it so far. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, how often do you stream? Uh, want to come back once I've caught up on a couple more books. Going to jump into Catalyst after finishing Most Wanted. Catalyst is a good one. Uh, how long have I been streaming? So... I, I started the podcast, well, I started, it, the channel started as the Star Wars Canon Library, uh, and that was in August of 2015, and at the time, it was more of a stress reliever for anything, I was going through a lot in my life, uh, really rough patch, it, was, it had nothing to do with Kirsty. it was just a lot of other family drama that I won't get into here, but uh, it was it was a lot to take in at the time, and the the YouTube channel ended up being something that I just poured everything I had into. I really wanted to talk Star Wars. It's always been my biggest... It's always been my first love. It's always been my biggest hobby, my biggest 
it's just it's it, it's the fandom that I've been a Star Wars fan since I was seven years old, and my mother showed me the original Star Wars movies on Sci-Fi. It was the theatrical runs too, and uh, I really wanted to talk about Star Wars and stuff. So I, I was just doing YouTube videos for a while. And uh, then I decided, I think it was in 2017, I was going to start the podcast, an actual podcast. And uh, I did that for a while. And uh, that's that's basically where I'm at now. And and it, I was still running the podcast as YouTube videos and just ripping the audio and using it as a podcast. And I wanted to really get into the actual aspect of podcasting with it, the actual, you know, setting up a studio and 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 just talking Star Wars, you know, and, and whatnot. So for for a while there, I didn't stream because my internet capabilities weren't the greatest. And now I've got these new toys that I'm using that just make it so much easier to do. So I try to live stream every chance I can. Uh, I try to do it on Saturday nights at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I try to. That's, that's, that's the set time where if it's going to happen, that's when it happens. Uh, with my life right now, I've got a six-month-old... Uh, he was just born on Halloween. He was my firstborn. Love him to death. He's the coolest, coolest damn kid I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I didn't know I could love a human being as much as I do that kid. And uh, between him and my my day job, it, it's once in a, I shouldn't say once in a while. A lot of times on Saturdays, I just I don't have time to sit down and set up a stream and and actually go with it. You know what I mean? And I'm always bummed when I can't because I love coming in here and sitting down and talking Star Wars. Like tonight, man, like the rocky start I had to my stuff, it's just, it was breaking my heart. And uh, I, I really was determined to make this happen tonight. But I try to do, I'm, hopefully I'll get to a point where I can do it every week. Uh, and if it's not every week, it's every two weeks. Very rarely will I go three weeks without an episode. Uh, even if there's nothing to talk about, we'll just do mailbag questions. So, uh, yeah, that's that's basically how often I stream. Yeah, and dude, and Catalyst, you're going to love Catalyst. It's such a good book, man. You're, you're, you're going to love that one. Um, let's see here. Where was I? Juanito says, you're lucky. Catalyst is awesome. It is. Uh, you are going to respect Galen and mourn Lyra so much. You're not wrong because I read Catalyst before I saw Rogue One. And I saw Rogue One opening weekend. I didn't see it opening night. I saw it opening weekend because there was a death in the family. And I, Kirsty had to go back to Ohio for her grandfather's funeral. I wasn't able to go. I wouldn't. I couldn't get off work to go, so I was stuck at home. So I went ahead and went and saw it that weekend with Kirsty's blessing. Don't sit there and think I was an asshole. I was like, well, screw you. I'm going. It, it wasn't like that. I, I, I got her permission before I went. Uh, but I had read Catalyst before seeing Rogue One, and at the beginning of Rogue One, when you see Lyra die and you see the the trade between Galen and Krennic, it it made a lot more sense to me. And when Lyra hit the ground, I'm like, Oh my God, no. Cause I'd come to love her as a character. She was a great character. She kept Galen so grounded, tried to keep Galen grounded in catalyst. And, uh, she's really the one that ends up opening Galen's eyes. You know what I mean? Cause we already know where Galen Urso ends up. He ends up running away from the project, which means he knows what he's doing. That's not a spoiler. Uh, but it's, it's, such a good book, man. You're going to love it. And that book is actually, I consider that to be the opening crawl of Rogue One. I really, that, I, that book is essential reading if you're going to appreciate Rogue One for what it's supposed to be. Uh, Kyler says KOTOR is as old as me. Y yeah, no, because it's amazing how fast time goes the older you get. And I was told that when I was younger and I didn't believe it. Now that I'm getting older and I see how fast it's already gone, now when people tell me it's getting faster the older you get, I don't doubt them, man. It, it It's... Hard to believe that KOTOR came out in 2002. That is so hard for me to actually believe. Uh, 
Jesus Christ. Um, AMJ says, I want Masters of Terracassi and Podracer official new games. Uh, I think you're getting Podracer. I think they're coming out with a hard version, a hard copy version of it. It's not a remaster or anything, but I think it's just being re-released. Um, I know there are some fan-made new games like that, but I want canon ones. Yeah, no, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, it, Racer would be a really fun one to really get on top of and and, and play around with. And Masters of Terracotta, yeah, that could be a lot of fun too. And we know that that fighting style is actually canon now because of the solo novel. Uh, let's see here. See where we were. Toto, if and when Celebration is postponed, it will be. Uh, just I just hope they keep it in Anaheim. This is my first time being able to go, and I'd really be bummed if they moved it because they couldn't get a reservation or something. Yeah, no, I've never been to Celebration. That's one thing that I really want to do at some point, and I'm dying to go. I haven't been. I've never been to Disney World. I, I was always sheltered as a kid. You can thank my. Never mind. I'm not gonna say it. Uh, but yeah, no, I've never been. And actually, Richard J. And I and Kirsty and then some more of his friends are planning a trip to Galaxy's Edge in like four years, uh, if the world doesn't end before then. And you know it gives us enough time to save up some vacation time, save up some money, and, and we're all going to meet up there. I've never met Richard J in person. I've talked to him several times on video chat or you know on Messenger and whatnot. Great, great friend. Never met him in person. So it'd be an absolute blast to meet him at Galaxy's Edge of all places. Uh, but yeah, celebration. I want to go to celebration so bad. Uh, I really, 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 really do. Matter of fact, what what year was it? It would have been nineteen. Yeah, it was. Was it last year's celebration or the one before? I think it was the celebration before. I think it was eighteen. Uh, I actually applied to have the uh, Canon podcast be on the podcast stage, and and I didn't get it, which I I wasn't surprised. There's so many other huge, big name podcasts out there that are so awesome that they deserve it. They really do. Uh, so I really wasn't bummed or anything, but I was trying to get on the podcast stage to to get up there and 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 be able to go to celebration, you know, and kind of talk about my experiences there, and maybe even live stream from there, you know what I mean, from the hotel each night or even from celebration. It would have been great. So I'm hoping to get to go at some point. Uh, let's see here. Kiki Haru is watching. How's it going? Says siege episodes are hands down my favorites. You guys are talking this thing up so much. I'm actually really mad at myself that I decided to go back and rewatch all of it again. Uh, let's see here. Juanita says I highly doubt I'll be able to get to go to any celebration ever. Latin America hits hard. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you're gonna have to make it a point to to really set a goal in several. You know, in a few years. You know why not? You get it. You can make it happen, brother. God, who knows? Your first time going might be my first time going. We might get to meet up there, brother. Uh, Toto says, thanks for taking the time to read the chat. Streamers hardly ever get that for free. Yeah, no, it's, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of podcasters. I don't watch a lot of, a lot of YouTube videos, but one thing that I've noticed, uh, for, for people that have, you know, a similar format as to what I do, they, they focus a lot more on super chats and, and stuff like that. And, and I, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't, I don't want you to have to pay me to get my attention. I, I started the channel because I wanted to talk about Star Wars and I wanted to talk to other fans about Star Wars and I wanted to talk about what I loved, you know, and and see other people's opinions and hear other people's opinions. And, 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 and you know, a lot of people have told me their opinions about stuff that I didn't agree with at first. And when they explain it, I'm like, oh, you know what? That makes sense. And, and they've won me over. You know, I've, I've made a lot of good friends doing this podcast thing, man. You know, like I was talking about Richard J a minute ago. I've never even met the man. 
but I consider him as close as a brother, you know? So I, you guys, the viewers, you guys are what makes this channel, this channel, you know, without you guys, without somebody to watch it, there's, there's, there's no point in me doing these videos. You know, if I was getting two or three views, it, it, you know, it, yeah, it, those two or three would still matter to me, but is it worth all the effort to go through? You know what I mean? So you guys interacting with you guys is the best part of all this for me. And I, and I absolutely love it. So no, yeah, no, no problem at all, man. Kyler says first two episodes I ever watched of your channel was first novel ranking and the campaign of battlefront Two. Jesus. That was a long, that was five hours. Jesus. You watched that whole thing. I can't even sit and watch. I didn't even want to do that video, but God, uh, first novel ranking. Yeah, no, that was Jesus. That's been a minute. Uh, that was what? 2007, 16 or 17. Good Lord. I'm glad to have had you this long, brother. I really am. Toto says, discovered your channel by watching your 2019 canon novel and comic rankings. Are you going to update that this year? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm I'm going to wait. I decided I'm going to do my rankings at the end of the year instead of the beginning of the year because uh, I think it just makes more sense to sum up the year. Somewhere between Christmas and New Year, the the ranking videos will come out. And I'll, and I'll probably end up doing them back-to-back. -back. I'll do I'll probably do the comic – or I'm sorry, the, the novel video first. And then the comic video. Those ranking videos get longer and longer every year because so much stuff is getting uh, knocked out. Eventually, four or five years from now, those are going to be three-hour videos each. I'm serious. But, yes, I'm going to be doing them again this year. Those are those are uh, some of the videos a lot of people ask for most. And what, what sucks about those ranking videos is as good as they are received, as well as they are received by people, it doesn't make sense to do one every week. You know what I mean? That's something you have to wait so long to warrant doing another one. You know what I mean? So, uh, yes, I'm going to be doing another one. It'll be between Christmas and New Year's, and I'll probably release those videos back-to-back. -back. Uh, let's see here. Zervi says he is very entertaining. Oh, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, Kiki Huru says, I just finished reading Dark Disciple. Do you have any novel recommendations after that? Okay, so I don't know what all you've read. Is that, your, is that the first novel you've read? Because uh, I don't want to suggest something that you've already read. But if if you have, if that's the first novel you've read, Dark Disciple is a really good one. That was a pleasant surprise novel to me because I wasn't a big fan of anything prequel at the time. And I knew that was a Clone Wars era novel. And I was like, ah, oh, crap. And I got through it in a great novel. Great novel. Uh, if I'm going to the well and I'm going to go take off the golden book from the shelf for a second, I'm going to tell you to go read Lost Stars just like any other fan would. Lost Stars by Claudia Gray is one of the greatest, and I, I take that back, is, well, no, I'm going to say that, is one of the greatest Star Wars novels ever put to paper. It is so good. It's the longest canon novel to date, and it is the fastest I've ever read one. I read that book in like 18 hours. It was like, uh, I'll say 24 hours. I read that book in 24 hours. I picked it up the day it came out. I started reading it that night. I tried to go to bed that night, and I couldn't sleep. I woke up, picked the book back up, and read all night long. Got up, went to work the next day, came home, and finished it that night. I could not stop reading Lost Stars. It's so good. I know Lords of the Sith isn't universally received as as, as one of the greatest you know out there. In my opinion, I really liked Lords of the Sith. I really liked Tarkin. Uh, let's see what else is there. Battlefront 2, Inferno Squad, is really great. You don't have to have read the first 
Battlefront novel to know what's going on in Battlefront 2. The two stories are completely unrelated. So you can pick up Battlefront 2 and read Inferno Squad without reading Twilight Company. Inferno Squad's great. Uh, it was one of the first Star Wars books I ever read where I started to cry during it. And when you get to the part I'm talking about, you'll see what, I'm, you'll see what I mean. Uh, Bloodline is really good. It's written by Claudia Gray also. Uh, it's a Leia story. It's kind of a spy thriller. It takes place in, in the New Republic. Uh, there's a huge plot twist in that book, too. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but there's a huge bomb in that one. Uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, also written by Claudia Gray. A really, really good book. It follows Leia when she's 16 years old, Princess of Alderaan. Finding out about her parents leading the rebellion, stuff like that. Excellent book. So uh, that's just a few recommendations. I'm hoping... Uh, I'm hoping I can say the same thing about some of the other stuff coming out this year. I'm Thrawn, dude, pick up Thrawn. If you haven't read Thrawn, go read Thrawn. Jesus, that's good. That whole trilogy's good. Go read Thrawn. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Toto says, Dark Disciple was the first canon one I read a few months ago. I recommend jumping to Ahsoka or Master and Apprentice from there. Oh, yeah, no, those are good, too. Ahsoka's really good. Master and Apprentice. Master and Apprentice was a little slow for me at first, but it ended up picking up. I really did like it. That's Claudia Gray as well. She's the queen of canon, I swear to God. Kyler Knowles says, my senior year is going to be really fast now that uh, school has been closed. Yeah, no, I, I can't even imagine being a high school student right now dealing with all of this stuff going on. Because, like, my daily routine hasn't been impacted at all by any of this stuff. I work at a grain elevator, so it's basically just me and my boss there. We're the only two people that run the place. And I'm usually in the elevator, and he's usually in the office. So I'm still going to work every day. And, you know, he's dealing with customers, but they're staying outside, so it doesn't really affect me that much. I can't imagine... I don't know how I would deal with having half my school year canceled. I think as a kid, I would love that, but nowadays I'd be like, shit. What am I going to do now? Uh, yeah, so I don't... Hopefully this whole thing's over here before long. And I don't know if they've... Let me know, man. Have they, like, figured anything out for y'all's graduation or anything? Like, are you guys still going to get to walk? Are you guys going to have to redo your senior year? What the hell are they thinking about? Let me know, man. I want to... I'm kind of curious. Uh, Kiki Hayu says, Ha, I've read both of those two. Both great books. Yeah, they are. I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about Ahsoka and uh, Master and Apprentice. Uh, they, they really are. Kyler says, building a lightsaber will be something that you need to do. The experience alone is worth every penny. Uh, I'm assuming you're talking about Galaxy's Edge. Yes. I want to go to Savvy's Workshop so damn bad. I know it's like, I know it's expensive as hell to build a lightsaber there. Isn't it like $200, $250, something like that? 100 bucks for a droid? I told Kirsty we were going to save up a whole bunch of money and, and just go blow it. I'm serious. Like, save up a few thousand dollars and just go. Go ham. And uh, talking to Richard J., he's said that he didn't want to spend the money on building a lightsaber. And I, I can't let him leave Galaxy's Edge without a, without a lightsaber. So we're, we're going to get him a lightsaber. And, you know, my son Jensen is going to be old enough then to probably want his own lightsaber. He's getting a lightsaber. I'll get a lightsaber. You know, droid, absolutely. And, you know, I, I just started uh, collecting lightsabers. I... I I guess, like Grievous, I'm collecting sabers now. It, well, I was big into the Black Series for a long time. And I still really enjoy the Black Series. But they're just... I'm, it seems like I'm contradicting myself because I just said I'm collecting lightsabers. But Black Series gets too expensive to keep up with. It, it really, really does. 20 bucks a figure. And it, it's just crazy. 
you know, you've got two dozen figures coming out every year and you can't keep up with it. I've got a wall of Black Series figures that I've taken down. You know what I mean? It's just there's so many and I've kind of fallen out of it, to be honest. There's there's not really any new characters that I care enough about to get their figure. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I really want Chopper and Ezra uh, when they come out. And when if they come out with a Zeb, I'll get a Zeb because I've got the rest of the Rebels crew in there. I've got Kane and Hera, uh, Sabine and Ahsoka from Rebels. Uh, and I, I want Zeb and Ezra and Chopper so I can at least have the, the Rebels crew. Uh, but I'm going to start collecting lightsabers, man. And I'm going to want Galaxy's Edge lightsabers. Absolutely, freaking lootly, man. Uh, let's see here. The chat keeps going down on me. Uh, let's see here. AAMJ, that Battlefront 2 campaign playthrough was awesome. I binged it when I found it. I cannot believe you watched that entire video. In one sitting. That is crazy. That was five hours. I sat down the night Battlefront 2 came out and live streamed that. Or did I live? Yeah, I live streamed it because Richard J was watching also. I played that entire game in one sitting. If you watch that video, I didn't get up one time. I beat the entire campaign and it took four days, three, three or four days to upload that video at the time because of how long it was. And it was just ridiculously long, but really, really fun. It was, it was. I've watched certain parts of it now just so I could see the reaction that I had when certain things happened. You know, when Inferno Squad, I'm not going to ruin anything if you guys haven't played it. Uh, but there's certain things that happened that uh, just, it was cool to kind of go back and see the reaction. Seeing Luke for the first time pop up in that, I did not know you were going to get to play as hero characters in that game. Uh, let's see here. Juanito says, Ahsoka and Death Troopers are waiting for me in my bookshelf. Yeah, Ahsoka's really good. You're really going to like it. And I really do want to read Death Troopers. Toto says, Lords of the Sith, Tarkin, Catalyst, and Thrawn are all waiting for me once I finish Most Wanted. Can't wait to get to those, as well as Darth Plagueis and the Bane Trilogy. Dude, I've never read Darth Plagueis. I've heard a lot of good things about it, though. Uh, but that Bane Trilogy? You're in for a treat, man. I swear. I Look, I know this is the canon podcast, Star Wars canon podcast, but I'm going to push that trilogy of Legends books so damn hard until they tell me that I can put them on my canon shelf. I want them on there so damn. It's so good. God. Uh, matter of fact, I'll go this far. Lost Stars is still my favorite Star Wars novel of all time. Plague, or not Plagueis. Uh, the Bane trilogy is just, it's like, right there it's right there man uh Juanita says from one to ten how much uh do we need new prequel novelization how much oh god how much yeah no we do hell we need yes we don't need just prequel novelizations we need prequel and classic trilogy novelizations those for those of you that don't know and I know and every time I tell everybody this people argue with me about it I don't know why and they argue exactly what I'm saying, but they're not getting what I'm saying. So, for those of you that don't know, the novelizations of the prequels, episodes 1, 2, and 3, are not canon. They're not official canon right now. And the reason they're not, they, they came out well before Disney bought everything, right? Yes, I get it. They are novelizations of the films, which are canon. But there's extra things in those novels that are not canon. Where they line up with the movies, the only parts of those novels that are canon are what you see on screen. That's the only part of that that is canon. All the extra stuff is not there. Le or, uh, Padme talking to Bail Organa Mon Mothma about the Rebel Alliance. 
That's not canon. I hate to say that because I love that scene. That's not canon. Obi-Wan telling Padme that he knew about Anakin and Padme the whole time, not canon, which sucks because it needs to be canon. Uh, You know, just, yes, we need new novelizations for episodes one, two, and three. We absolutely do. Um, And yes, add extra stuff in there. Add extra things in there that were not in the original novelizations. And for the love of God, keep the stuff that's good in the novelizations now. You know, you you have a chance to make something great with a novelization for episodes one, two, and three. Take what you've already got and just tweak it a little bit and re-release it. And it's going to be great. Just make it canon. Add a couple of extra little scenes to it. It'd be awesome. As far as the classic trilogy goes, I know that there's that trilogy of books, the uh, the Scoundrel, or the Princess, the Scoundrel, and the Farm Boy for A New Hope. Uh, so you want to be a Jedi for Empire Strikes Back and be where the dark, power of the dark side for... Oh, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. So you want to be a Jedi for Empire and then be where the power of the dark side for Return of the Jedi. And they're just little, like, I don't want to say kids' novels, but God, that's what they are, and they're horrible. Uh, yeah, we need something better we we absolutely do scale of one to ten ten man yes uh toto says schools going online has given me so much more time to read these books yes i wish to god look at my job because i work at a grain elevator uh there's a certain time of the year where i don't do jack for six months i i go to work to collect a paycheck basically and that's basically when i work on my podcast stuff that's when you see new changes to the podcast that's when you see you know, new graphics coming up because I'm sitting at work drawing out new stuff and and coming up with with new ideas. Harvest time is usually when you don't see me at all because there's gonna. I mean, it's coming up too in the next couple months. Uh, June and July, I'm I'm completely gone. June, July, and August, I'm completely gone from the YouTube channel, and it's because of wheat harvest here in Kansas. Uh, but yeah, I I take books to work regularly during that time and, and sit down and read. And matter of fact, uh, don't, don't lynch me. I'm not like hardcore Bible thump. You know what I mean? Like that's not that, but there's a series of, of religious books, I guess you could call them, uh, religious fiction called the left behind series that for some reason I, I read it when I was a kid and it just really stuck with me and it's just really good books. They're fun to read. Uh, and I, I read that entire series. I think it's 16 books. I read 16 novels in the course of two weeks. No, I take that back three weeks. Sorry. It was three weeks. And I, I just, I couldn't stop. I had nothing else to do. So once in a while, I read Ahsoka at work. The, the, the entire book of Ahsoka, I read it sitting in my grain elevator. Uh, same thing with Legends of Luke Skywalker. There, there's so many that I've just sat and read there. Uh, so I wish I could just stay home and read all day and get paid. That'd be awesome. Uh, Toto says, distance learning has also wrecked my sleep schedule. I'm sleeping at 6 a.m. and waking up at 2 now. I remember those days. That, but it wasn't because of school or anything like that. I was just playing Watch Dogs like crazy in Arkham Knight. Like, I was just nerding out. Uh, Kiki Haru says, online school is kind of weird, but I'm grateful for the extra time. Yeah, no, I can I can understand that. Uh, even all of the meetings and stuff that we have at work now are through Zoom or Skype or whatever. But it's kind of weird. Just, now they have a reason to have a meeting every day for, for no reason. Uh, let's see here. Kyler says, no, we won't have a graduation this year. That sucks, man. I'm sorry. Uh, it'll be some, it'll be some like virtual type thing where they announce our names. That's what my school is doing, man. At least they're doing something. I guess I can give them that. I, I that sucks though, man. I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I when I was in high school, I didn't do real great, in, in in high school, and it wasn't 
it's going to sound really egotistical saying this, and I don't mean it is egotistical, but it's the fact, it's just the, it's what it was. I, I never did my homework, so I always got Fs, but I never did my homework because I thought it was under me because it was so easy. Uh, I'm really, like, my math homework, man. I, I, I'm so good at math in my head for some reason. I can just spit out numbers like nothing. And uh, Kirsty can't, she can't figure out how I do it. And on, like, my math homework, they would make you try to show your work, and I would have my own way of doing it and get the right answer. And they thought I was using a calculator, and, I, and they would fail me on everything. I'm like, no, this is how I'm doing it. And they, I would look at it and figure it out in my head and say, oh, no, that's that's the answer. And it was the right answer, but they just thought I was cheating. And I swear to you, I swear to you, that's exactly what happened. That's not just me making excuses for for failing. I'm serious. It, but when, when I was in high school, I wish I'd – looking back now, I wish I'd have done better. I, I did graduate. Uh, but it was one of those things where the day we walked, I really was nervous that I wasn't going to get a diploma. And when I did get my diploma, I made sure it was signed before I left school. And I didn't care who signed it either. I didn't care if the lunch lady signed it, the janitor. As long as it had a signature on it, I was happy. Uh, but, no, looking back, I wish I'd have done better. And it sucks, man, that you're not going to get to walk. That is really a cool feeling. And, and hopefully um, – Hopefully they'll get, they'll get to do something for you, man, because that's everybody deserves that, man. Uh, Toto says, as a prequel fan, I didn't really love Galaxy's Edge that much. It was a ton of fun to see the Falcon and go to the Cantina, uh, but there was hardly anything there for the prequel Clone Wars fans. Oh, you've been there. Um, I could kind of see that. Uh, Galaxy's Edge was basically centered around the sequel trilogy, and matter of fact, the canon aspect of it, the quote unquote canon aspect of it, happens between episodes eight and nine. And when they came out with that park, they said it was going to have a direct connection to episode nine. And then it didn't like there was nothing about Galaxy's Edge that connected to episode nine. There were the, the novels that took place like uh, like uh, Black Spire Outpost, Galaxy's Edge. The, those happened and they kind of seemed like they were leading into episode nine. And then nine had nothing to do with it at all. Um, but, yeah, I would still like to go at some point. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, Kiki says. If you go to Galaxy's Edge, just a warning, the colored popcorn is very weird. The flavor is super strong. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, Juanita says, Darth Plagueis is the best Legends novel, and it's a reference poem to the EU. Uh, no one can change my mind. Oh, you, no, I've heard a lot of good things about Plagueis. As a matter of fact, I, I've learned things about Plagueis because of people telling me about that book. I probably need to sit down and read it because there's a possibility. They could come out tomorrow and say, yeah, Darth Plagueis is canon, and then I'm going to sit down and read it anyway. I've got it in there. I need to just go read it. Uh, let's see here. Aries Storm's watching. How's it going? He says, hey, uh, he says, yeah, Darth Plagueis is an amazing book. Uh, so many mentions of previous expanded universe stories set before The Phantom Menace. Cool. I, I do like it when novels do stuff like that. Kyler says, my entire age group, 17, 18, in my town is making it a big joke about not walking. Well, at least you guys are finding humor in it, man. That's good. I'm glad you guys are at least, uh, being good sports about it and whatnot. And, I, like I said, man, I can't imagine. I get why they're doing it. I do. I get why. I get why they're doing it. I'm one of these people, and and I make a lot of people mad because of my because of my outlook on this whole COVID thing. And and like I said, maybe it's just because of my job. I don't. I've not, I haven't noticed anything. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's it's one of those things where, God, I don't want to get political because it's easy to get political when you talk about something like this. And I don't want to, but I'm going to go ahead and put it out there because I'm honest with you guys and, and you guys, I, I, I tell you guys the way it is. 
the COVID thing, I it, to me, is just blown way out of proportion. I get it that people are dying. I get it. I completely understand that. Somebody I know has died from, from coronavirus. I get it. Uh, they, they just died three or four weeks ago. I get it. Uh, and yes, it hits close to home. I've seen, like, I, I know. But it's so blown out of proportion. It, it really is. When you look at, yes, we have the most cases in the U.S., but we have the least cases per capita, which is a great thing. You know what I mean? So I, I get why they're they're canceling everything and why you're not walking. But I, I think it's stupid, man. I really do. Uh, Toto says, are you currently completely caught up on the novels and comics? If so, what are you reading? Uh, if so, what are you reading right now? Actually, I'm reading Force Collector right now. And Force Collector, I've been reading it since before, since two weeks before Rise of Skywalker came out. If that gives you any inkling as to, or as, I'm sorry, uh, two weeks since the novelization came out. Not the film, sorry. The novelization for Rise of Skywalker. Uh, I have a rule that I broke, and it is... Uh, I, I don't start the next novel that comes out until I finish the one I'm on. Otherwise, I'll never go back and finish the one I was reading. And there was a point where I was like four or five novels behind. And it was back, like I, I needed to get caught up with Alphabet Squadron, Master and Apprentice. Like it was during that time where I was so far behind. I was just like, I have to read to get caught up. And I did. Uh, and then Force Collector came out and I started reading it. And maybe I'm just not to the point where it's supposed to kick off yet, but I cannot get through Force Collector. I can't. I put it down to read the novelization for uh, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, so I'm reading Force Collector right now. Comic-wise, I'm one comic behind. Uh, I've got it in there. I've had it in there for two weeks, and I just haven't picked it up yet. And it's the second issue of Bounty Hunters. I haven't read it yet. They're, they've put a pause on the comics for right now because of the COVID thing. Uh, I know they're not releasing everything digitally because that would put comic book businesses out of out of business. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, God, can't you at least like, I don't know. I, I, they can't release them for free because nobody will go buy the, the paper comic. But I don't want to buy it twice. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's crazy. I want my comics. Because the second Star Wars run right now is awesome. And I'm like three issues in, four issues in. Awesome, awesome comic so far. Uh, I'm hoping they start doing everything, releasing everything again, because I the Bounty Hunters comic is all right. The first issue was okay. I haven't read the second issue yet, but it's supposed to be an ongoing series. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Kiki says, I'm sure you may have said this before, but currently, do you like the sequels or prequels more? Prequels. I like the prequels more. Uh, and it's I'm not one of those people that, and maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe I just haven't realized it yet. I'm not, I try not to be one of those people that just sits and bashes on something that I don't like. We, we have enough fans doing that already. And it, there's nothing wrong with not liking something that comes out in Star Wars as long as you don't just tell everybody who disagrees with you that you're, you know, an idiot for for liking something. You know what I mean? I really did enjoy... Look, I didn't like the prequels coming out at all. I, 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 the second half of Revenge of the Sith was awesome, in my opinion. And even up till recently, yes, absolutely. Uh, a lot of the other canon stuff that's come out has made me appreciate prequels a lot more clone wars has made me appreciate appreciate the prequels a lot more as far as the sequels go it's i really i liked force awakens i was one of those guys that really liked the last jedi and i but i liked the novel even more but then rise of skywalker came out and just destroyed everything in the trilogy 
Now, I, I disagree with people when they say the sequel trilogy ruins the classic trilogy. I disagree with people when I say that. Because I didn't like the sequel trilogy, but it did not touch the classic trilogy for me at all. I still love the classic trilogy so damn much. Uh, but I, I, I'm not going to be one of those people. But how, I will say Rise of Skywalker ruined the sequel trilogy for me. I defended Last Jedi saying, just wait until the whole trilogy comes out. It'll make sense then. You're not supposed to know everything two movies into three, right? And then the three came out and just made me an idiot, proved me wrong. And I came home to put my thoughts online about not liking Rise of Skywalker. And everybody who told me that I was an idiot for liking Last Jedi loved Rise of Skywalker and then told me I was an idiot for not liking Rise of Skywalker. And I'm like, what? The role's just reversed here. This is crazy. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, but no, I, I really didn't care for the sequels a whole lot. I did until Rise of Skywalker. It's not a trilogy. It's not a sequel trilogy. I don't want, I don't call it, I'm not going to call it the sequel trilogy. It's going to be the sequel films. They're each standalone films. Not one had anything to do with the one that came before it. They were Last Jedi was simply a sequel to The Force Awakens. And Rise of Skywalker, that was supposed to be the wrap-up of the entire saga, was nothing more than a sequel to Last Jedi is really all it was. So I wasn't a big fan of the sequels at all. Uh, but I try not to make it a point to bash on them too much because I don't want to be one of those fans. Uh, let's see here. Kiki says the Darth Vader run is so good. Which one? There's three. And yeah, no, I guess it doesn't matter because they're all good. Uh, the new Vader run so far. Oh God, it's so good. The whole Padme thing. The explanation to that was awesome. Uh, Kyler says the only things I liked about force collector was all the references to other canon stuff. Other than that, it wasn't that bad in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, the only really the only real reference that I've come across so far in it, I, I'm not far into it at all, but the only real reference I've come across so far was uh, Sharut from Rogue One because he's got his staff, that kind of like that staff he used to kick everybody's asses in Rogue One. He's got that staff, and when he touched it, he said he saw him uh, dying. You know what I mean? Uh, and then I think right now where I'm at is they're on Utapau, and I don't know what to expect out of that, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, and I'll, I'll get through it eventually, I hope. Jesus. Uh, it's it's one of those that I have to force myself through. Toto says, surprised we haven't heard anything about the new LEGO Star Wars game for a while. Yeah, no kidding, man. I know it comes out on uh, uh, December 31st. I know that much. Uh, it was supposed to be a summer release, but they've not marketed it at all. Wondering if it'll be postponed. Yeah, it, it, if you look on the PlayStation Store right now, uh, it's not on there at all. Uh, but if you look up the release date on Google, it's December 31st this year. So I'm really looking forward to that one. I've actually said, I've tried to go back and find the episode. I said it and I can't find it for some, I don't know why, but I can't find where I said, I wish they would just come out with a Lego game that encompasses everything. And then instead of coming out with a new game every year, they just release DLC for it. And I know that's not what they're doing. They're just making one encompassing game now, but I wish they'd have done the Lego th uh, DLC thing a long time ago. Uh, let's see here. Juanita says, I guess what we love about the prequels is everything that surrounds it. Yeah, no, you, you're right. It, it's, yeah, you've, you've summed it up. Everything around the prequels that supplements the prequels saved the prequels. And I wish I could say the same thing about the sequels. There's good stuff around the sequels, but it doesn't save the films. Uh, now when I watch the prequels, I can actually, I actually watched Attack of the Clones the other night for the first time in seven years six years, something like that. 
Uh, I hadn't watched it in a long, long time. And honestly, now that we're watching Clone Wars all the way through, I told Kirsty this. Check this out. So I want to see see if you guys feel the same way. Now that we're watching Clone Wars all the way through uh, together, I've seen more Clone Wars now than I have prequel films, which to me, I know the films came out first. But to me, it makes it seem like the films, episodes two and three, are just live action versions of what happened in Clone Wars. Now that now that you watch them, it's like, well, they just made a live action movie to set up Clone Wars, and then they made a live action movie to wrap it up. Because that's honestly what it feels like now with the prequels. But it still feels like Clone Wars now. So Clone Wars did save it. Uh, let's see here. Kiki says, yes, Clone Wars has made me love the prequels a lot more. Right there with you. Toto says, I thought the sequels were fun popcorn flicks uh, for casual fans. Yeah, no, you're right. Not uh, to sound offensive, but as canon Star Wars stories, they weren't great. Completely agree with you. Completely agree with you. They, and honestly, I, I, the whole Rey Skywalker thing just pisses me off. Because Leia tells her in that damn movie, don't be afraid of who you are. And what does she do? She's afraid of who she is, so she takes somebody else's name. I get there are people that like it. I, I, cool. It's awesome that you like it. But it pisses me off. She's not a Skywalker. Ben was a Skywalker. And and it's just, I don't consider 789 part of the Skywalker saga. I don't even consider it this, I don't consider any of the films the Skywalker saga. It's just, I know everybody's like, it's a saga, it's not three trilogies. It's really two trilogies and three movies. It's, it's weird, because none of it matches up once you get to a certain point, and it's just, it kind of derailed with the sequels. Uh, Juanito says, it may sound like I hate life, but I didn't come out happy from any sequel movie. No, I I enjoyed Last Jedi, like I said, but, and really, the biggest thing that had to do with Last Jedi for me was, look, I, I love the classic trilogy, right? That's what I grew up with. That's, even though I was born in the late 80s, and I kind of grew up during the prequel era, I was introduced to the classics first. So I have always had the classics. That was what made me fall in love with Star Wars. Uh, and then the prequels came along, and I was just like, okay, whatever. With the sequel films, basically, and, and it's it sucks to say this because I don't like fan service, but basically fan service is what made me the parts, or, or the parts of the sequels that I liked. Uh the the best scene out of the entire set of sequel films, in my opinion, the best scene is Yoda popping up on Octu. It that scene gets me every damn time because when I was a kid, Yoda was a puppet, and he that he was this playful, always <laughs> laughing Yoda, right? And you know, you come to the prequels and you see it had nothing to do with him being CG. It was just. He wasn't as playful and as happy as he was in, you know, Empire Strikes Back when he's messing with Luke. You know what I mean? It, it, it's it, it's not there. He's this authoritative figure, which he had to be, right? He's a leading member of the Jedi Council. But then when you come back to Last Jedi and he's laughing while this tree is burning and he's kicking, he's like, oh, Skywalker missed you. I have that to me is Yoda. That, to me, is my Yoda. That's the Yoda I grew up with. That's the Yoda I was introduced to. And seeing the fact that they made him a puppet again, I don't care how weird he looked with the blue aura around him. I don't care about, I don't care about that. The fact that he was there and that they used a puppet made from the same mold as the Return of the Jedi puppet and 
Frank Oz did an amazing job puppeteering him again. When Yoda turns to look at Luke, it was just, just that little hop around was, it's just, it brought out a part of me that it just, it took me back to when I was a kid watching the classics again, watching the theatrical version of the empire strikes back and, and, and whatnot. It's just, I got, it was joyful to me. I actually felt physical joy watching Yoda again. And that's just my opinion. I know there's people out there that did not like that scene. That's cool. But my opinion, I loved that scene. You know what I mean? And it's just the, I, I was a classic kid, you know, and I, the prequels were okay. And the sequels just kind of went out the window for me. Uh, but last Jedi, I walked out of last Jedi with so much joy in my heart over the, uh, Yoda scene. And what's cool is uh, we uh, somebody mentioned it in a mailbag question earlier about the Mike Quinn interview. Uh, on my two-year anniversary show, so it would have been 2016, uh, I had Chris Stolle on with me, and we got Mike Quinn, who is Nine Numb in Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. We got, we got Mike Quinn to come on the show over Skype. And it was a great show. It was a great interview with him, right? And we talked to him for a while. And Chris ended up uh, getting off, and I was talking to Mike Quinn, and he told me that there were two things that were coming up in the Last Jedi, and I wasn't I wasn't allowed to say anything to anybody. And and honestly, when he told me this stuff, I wasn't sure if he was telling me the truth or feeding me bullshit to see if I would run off, you know, run and tell that. And. I, I didn't say anything. I sat on what he told me for so damn long, and I never gave. I never caved. He told me two things about Last Jedi. He told me that one, there was a sequence filmed with Luke and his green lightsaber, and he told me that there was a sequence filmed with Puppet Yoda. And I, I wanted so bad to run with it. I wanted to so bad, but I didn't. I didn't say anything. I didn't. Even, I didn't even tell Chris Stolle. I didn't tell. I. I think I told Kirsty. I think I did tell Kirsty because I had to tell somebody and I knew she wasn't going to tell anybody. Uh, but then going into the movie, I had forgotten about it. I was just there to soak in the movie. And then when it popped up, I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. So it was just last Jedi. I know it catches a lot of hate, but I did walk out of that one. Really, really enjoying it. Uh, Toto says, I agree. Juanito usually just felt bummed after each sequel film, particularly rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Right there with you. Uh, really sucks, but there's so much great content out there to get my mind off them. There is. There's a lot of good novels, man. There's really good comics. Uh, Clone Wars is back. Clone, God, you can watch Clone Wars over and over again. Even Resistance wasn't that bad. It's, Resistance started a little rocky, but it ended up being great. Ended up being absolutely great, man. Uh, I had a, Granted, I haven't seen any of Season 2 yet of Resistance. I liked where they left off with Season 1. But I'm waiting for it to come out on uh, DVD to get it. Uh, Toto says, I honestly think the prequel story would have been told better as long uh, as a long animated show like Clone Wars. While the OT works much better as films, the prequel era is too dense for a couple films, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I did a video. As a matter of fact, I think it was the last episode of the podcast I did. No, two episodes ago. Uh, where I was talking about, I feel like the sequel trilogy was better as novels as it, than it was films. Uh, let's see here. Kyler says, oh, is that where I was at? Yeah. Kyler says, I've always had the belief that the writers and directors of the sequel trilogy do not care about canon. They just want to do their own thing. I feel like the canon junkies should get rewarded. Y you know, yes. 
Yes, I completely agree with you. That's why I didn't mind the novel for Rise of Skywalker. It didn't fix the movie, in my opinion. But that scene, there's a scene in the novel for Rise of Skywalker, and it's when all the ships are coming out of hyperspace at Exegol. And you keep hearing, and I'm not going to say anybody specifically in case you want to read the book and, and be surprised, but there's characters from other parts of canon that are reporting in. And finally, Poe shuts them up and tells, this is going to take forever if you guys all report in, but it, the ones that report in are ones that we know from other canon stuff that had nothing to do with Rise of Skywalker or the sequel trilogy. And you're like, oh, it's so good. That should have been in the damn movie. That should have been in there. And it would have been so easy to do a few voiceovers and it would have been done. That would have been the great reward for everybody who keeps up on the canon stuff. But yeah, no, I've always said, with the sequel trilogy, they needed to get everybody in a room together and get on the same track, like what they're doing with High Republic now. So, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Juanita says, "I think the most disappointing thing in the sequels was that they made me felt, uh, made me feel almost nothing when Luke dies. I did shed a tear when when Luke died. I I shed two or three tears when Han Solo died because I knew it was coming." I didn't want to believe it was coming, but I knew it was coming. But when it happened, it was just, it was a shock. With Luke, it was kind of a slow enough death where you kind of saw it coming and you're just like, okay, here we go. Kind of like the way Ray said, it was just peaceful and with purpose. I shed a tear for Luke. I thought I was going to cry watching Leia die. But instead of a tear coming out of my eyes, it was a what the hell coming out of my mouth. Like it, just, it didn't make any sense, you know, at the time. So uh, I didn't shed a tear for Leia dying, which is weird because I really thought I was going to. Uh, Toto says, I think Filoni has uh, struck the perfect balance between making content that's digestible for casual fans while also rewarding those who spend the time and money to consume all the other canon material. I agree with you. Dave Filoni is actually, he's. Star Wars God, in my opinion. As far as like the Mandalorian goes, I I will say with Mandalorian, I think you have to be a hardcore fan to really like it. Kirsty's dad isn't as big a Star Wars fan as as we are. He's seen the movies, but he's never watched any of the TV shows. He's never read a Star Wars book, never read a comic book. He, he you know, I, I don't even know if he's seen all the new Star Wars films, to be honest. Uh, but he watched Mandalorian, and he said he didn't care for it that much at all. You know what I mean? And at that point, I'm like, that's for the sweaties. Seeing quaking monkey lizard puppets roasting over a fire on a spit while one watches, that's awesome to me. Casual fans are just going to be like, well, that's dark. But fans are like, that's fucking awesome, right? So, yeah, but yeah, he's he's struck that balance with, with uh, I, think, I think you're right. I think he struck it with casual fans and hardcore sweaties. He puts just enough stuff in... in with Mandalorian as an example, he puts just enough stuff in for the sweaties for them to freak out with an exception of episode five, because that was just all fan service. I'm honestly shocked in chapter five of the Mandalorian that he didn't land in docking bay 94. I'm honestly shocked that he, that they didn't put him in 94. I don't know why they didn't. Cause honestly you put everything else in there. You might as well put docking bay 94 in there. Uh, Toto says favorite sequel scene is the force voices from nine. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, I don't like the moment. Uh, or what it represents, but hearing Hayden and Ewan's voices again made me feel things I didn't think I could feel again. It was it was a lot of fun hearing that again, and it was really cool hearing Alec Guinness's voice again saying Ray. That that was great to hear also. But yeah, no that that whole scene just I don't know it just 
all the Jedi were with Rey to take out the Emperor. Why weren't all the Jedi with Luke when he tried to take out the Emperor? It just, I, I get what they were going for, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, AAMJ says, liked Force Awakens, loved Last Jedi, didn't like Rise of Skywalker. I'm right there with you. I'm right there. That's exactly the way I felt. Uh, Juanita says, sorry to ask, but I wonder what happened to the other co-host at the beginning of the podcast. Okay, so, no, no, don't don't apologize for asking. I don't, I don't like to air dirty laundry. I don't like to, uh, I don't like to talk ill about people on, on camera. I just, I don't like doing it off camera either, to be honest. It's, it's, but it, it, it happened. There's, there's certain things that happened that I won't go into detail about a lot of it, but I can sum it up in a nutshell. Yeah. I had, uh, Christopher Stolle on the podcast with me for a while and, uh, I, uh, he, he was a great co-host. It, 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 honestly, to be honest, I guess this is a good time to, I guess a kind of good time to announce it. I'm, I'm kind of looking for a, a new co-host right now. Somebody that I can bounce ideas off of and actually have a Star Wars conversation with. You know what I mean? That's why I'm focusing on the chat so much is I, I have somebody to talk to. You know what I mean? I mean, think about it. We've gone another hour, me talking to you guys. You know what I'm saying? So think about how long the first half would have been if I'd have had somebody to sit down and actually bounce ideas off of. And Chris Stolle was a great guy to sit down and talk to and uh, a good co-host, you know, and we had a good system where I, you know, audio on podcast sounds weird when you use Skype for one end of it. So we had it set up where he was recording his audio on one end. I was recording my audio and then he was sending me his and then I was editing it, editing it all together, syncing it up with the video and it sounded good. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think it was around celebration uh, where things kind of fell apart with us. And it was, matter of fact, it was. It was the day that they released the first trailer for Rise of Skywalker and announced the title. And I had decided that I wasn't going to uh, watch the trailer until I got home because I was at work at the time. I, and I wanted to do a, a trailer reaction video. And I knew they were going to release the title with the trailer the same way they did Endgame. And, uh, and, and this wasn't the, this wasn't the only reason I got mad. This was just the straw that broke the camel's back. I guess you could say it was just one of those things where so much had built up that it just took one little thing and it was, and I was done. And for the longest time, any interview that we had gotten for the show, you know, it, I don't even know if I should be talking about this. Uh, it was it, me and another co-host from from that group felt like we were the ones doing all the work getting all the interviews you know we landed the mike or I, I landed the mike quinn interview i landed the john jackson miller interview it was all this other stuff and and my my old co-host started telling us that you know well any interviews you do have to be on a certain channel on this you know on this video whatever we couldn't have our own content and all that stuff had been building up for a little while and finally it got to where uh one little thing was going to break the camel's back and it did. And I didn't watch the trailer. I watched the panel for rise of Skywalker up until the moment the trailer played and I turned it off. And then my phone dinged three minutes later and it was him saying the official title for episode nine is rise of Skywalker. And for some reason I went off the freaking deep end and I was pissed that he ruined that for me. I, cause we had talked in podcasts leading up to that, that, you know, they're going to announce that, that, title and can you imagine what it's going to be like watching that trailer and seeing that title appear for the first time and all this stuff it sounds petty 
It sounds like that that's the only reason, but there was so much more behind it that that was just the one thing that just sent everything over the edge. And I left the podcast group that I was with at the time. Matter of fact, I talked to Richard J about it and and kind of got his input on it too. And and he was like, "Man, do your own thing." He's like, "Cause." Before I got with this other podcast group, I was doing more reviews. I was doing my own videos and all this other stuff. And then when I got with them, it was just I wasn't doing as much of that stuff anymore. And I it, my the, the channel suffered because of it. So I, you know, it was one of those things where I just kind of decided to go off on my own again and start doing it again. I would like to have an, uh, another co-host. Uh, like I said, just somebody to bounce ideas off of. Somebody that doesn't expect to get paid because I don't make any money off of this. And... Uh, Somebody that just wants to talk Star Wars, you know, and so it's decent equipment and, you know, a decent microphone and is willing to put in the time and effort with me. Uh, it, yeah, I'd love to have a co-host. I'd absolutely kill to have a co-host right now. It'd be a lot of fun, you know. Uh, but that's kind of, in a nutshell, what was going on. Like I said, there was a lot more behind the scenes, but it was just, that was that was basically it. But uh, no, don't, don't apologize for asking. It's no big deal. Um Juanito said, I wanted to cry but couldn't. Oh, I'm assuming you're talking about during the uh, the uh, uh, voices. Are you talking about the voices? Or are you talking about the endgame title? Or the title for Rise of Skywalker? I'm not entirely sure what you're talking about there. Uh, Toto says, Leia's death was so random and lackluster it was. Legitimately forgot it even happened until you just brought it up. Yeah, no, it was... One of those things where even Maz Kanata had to look at the camera and say, No, this is the part... Where Leia must give everything to save her son. Like, she almost broke the fourth wall. You know what I mean? Like, she had to explain to the audience what was going on. Which, by the way, did you guys notice Maz Kanata was a practical effect in episode 9? I didn't notice that at all until I watched the the making of documentary. But it was one of those things where Maz had to actually turn and explain to everybody what was going on. And I was just like, man, it just doesn't work. Uh, I, I get that. Don't get me wrong. I get that it was a tough situation. They didn't have a lot to work with. And I, I, I get that. It was a lose-lose situation on Lucasfilm's part. I get it. So I, that's why I'm not giving them shit for it. But, yeah, I just, I, I really didn't, I didn't feel it at all. Kyle Knoll says, if you could have a squadron of five pilots, each flying the five ships from, uh, ships from Alphabet Squadron, who would they be? Oh. oh. Okay, so you have to have Luke in the X-Wing. You have to have Luke in the X-Wing. Uh, let's see, what else was there? There was an A-Wing. Oh, God. Who was a good A-Wing pilot? I guess Tali was kind of, was an A-Wing pilot, but I, you don't know any much about her. You know what I mean? You don't really don't know. I'm going to put 9-Num in the A-Wing. Let's put 9-Num in the A-Wing. Uh, let's see, Y-Wing. Let's put Wedge. No, I take that back. Let's put Wedge in the A-Wing, and we'll put 9-Num in a Y-Wing. What else was there? A U-Wing and a B-Wing, right? Ooh. Uh, we'll put... Harrison Dula in the B-Wing, because she was awesome in that thing. And for the U-Wing, U-Wing is more of a troop transport. Eh, it's still useful in combat. Uh... Can I cross times? Can I, can I cross eras? Because if I can cross eras, I, this is easy. I'm going to say Anakin, because Anakin could fly a brick if he wanted. He could make a, 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 a U-Wing. He can make a U-wing sing, dude. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Luke. Uh, or I'm, I'm gonna say uh, Anakin. Toto says it's so odd seeing something as niche as a canon-heavy nerdy show about Mandalorians to be one of the most popular shows at the moment. It it is, you know. And honestly, I was really burnt out on Mandalorians for the longest time. Uh, and it was about the time. Well, it was when they were really heavy. We're talking heavily about Mandalorians during Rebels. I got burnt out. 
uh, I love Mandalorians. Don't get me wrong. Some of those badass Star Wars characters you'll ever see. But it was just over and over. And I get why it had to be there. But it was just, I felt like I was getting beat over the head with a Mandalorian helmet over and over again. And then when they said the new series was going to be the Mandalorian, I was like, Jesus Christ. Can I get away from the Mandalorian stuff? Obviously, I feel differently now. Mandalorian is, I mean, awesome. Holy crap, it's awesome. Uh, and and yeah, it's seeing all those Mandalorians come in to help him escape with the child. I think it was in three, chapter three or four, three, I want to say. When they all came in and he said, you guys are going to have to hide now. And that one with the giant pack with a machine gun was like, this is the way, you know, and, and that all those Mandalorians coming down on their jetpacks was something straight out of Rebels and Clone Wars. It was so awesome to see in, in live action. I absolutely love it. Uh, and I'm anxious to see how I'm anxious to see how they weave. I don't want to give too much away because I know something from season two of the Mandalorian. I'm not supposed to know. Somebody told me something. Damn it. I don't want to say anything. I know something from season two of The Mandalorian, and I'm anxious to see how they're going to tie it in uh, because of... I'm not going to I'm not gonna finish it. Forget I said anything. You you just completely forget I said anything. Uh, Toto says, got to head out. It's been a ton of fun. Can't wait for the next show. Thank you, man, so much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. And yeah, I'm probably going to be hopping off here pretty quick. We've been going for two hours. Thank you for, thank you for tuning in, man. I do appreciate it. Uh, anxious to talk to you next time. Juanito says, I was talking about the deaths of Han, Luke, and Leia. Oh, yeah. The context just didn't uh, make for me. Maybe Han's a little bit. Yeah, okay. I see where you're talking about shedding it here. It was sad seeing Han and Luke go, but for some reason, the Leia one, it just I don't didn't do it for me. Maybe it was because, to me, you know what? I took two years of psychology in the military, so maybe this is me just psychoanalyzing myself. But maybe it was because Carrie Fisher had already died and I'd already mourned her death. So watching Leia die wasn't maybe it was just something I was like, well, I've already seen it. Maybe it was something and not to seem callous or insensitive, but maybe that's what it was. Maybe subconsciously I was just like, well, I've already seen it. I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Juanita says Nora Wexley in the Y-Wing. Oh, yes. I forgot about Nora. You got to have Nora. Yes, you got to have Nora. She was absolutely awesome. Actually, my favorite Nora Wexley wasn't even in the Aftermath trilogy. It was in uh, Resistance Reborn when her and Wedge are retired and they're trying to decide whether they're going to go back and fight some more. I loved Nora Wexley in that. Uh, Kyler says, I just like the idea of Alphabet Squadron and always wondered what other people's like uh, dream team of five pilots would be. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's. That's a good question, man. There's so many good pilots out there, you know, and it's in, in the in the lore. It's just, which is one of the things, you know, Anakin was a. That's why I said Anakin for the U-wing, because you heard in the classic trilogy how he was the best star pilot in the galaxy and a good friend, and yeah, you kind of see a glimpse of that in the films, but Clone Wars really fleshes that out, you know. So I I would really like to see Anakin pilot a U-wing just to see what he look at what he did with the freighter that he found on. Oh, crap. What planet was it? What planet was it? He found that freighter on the Clone Wars movie. I don't remember. Damn it. You're going to lynch me. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out at some point. But look what he did with that freighter. You know what I mean? So I, it'd be amazing to see what he could do with the Ewing. 
Uh, and Kyler says, this has been a great stream. Can't wait for the next week or the or the week after episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think I'm going to end this episode. Like I said, we've been going for two hours. It's been a lot of fun talking with you guys this week, man. Like I said earlier, this is why I do this. I, it's my outlet, and I just want to talk Star Wars, you know? So, uh, yeah, let's get this over with. Thank you, guys and gals, for tuning in this week. I sure appreciate it. Uh, if you're new to the podcast and you like what you hear, be sure to give me a follow on whatever app or site you're listening in on. Check out the YouTube channel for upcoming reviews, interviews, and reaction videos, as well as the Facebook page to stay up to date on what's going on with the Star Wars Canon Podcast. Be sure to check out the Patreon account as well if you'd like to help support the Canon Podcast in any way. Uh, if you'd like to get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast, you can email it to me at StarWarsCanonPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have the Anchor app, you can send me a message that way or a voice message uh, depending on which way you want to uh, send it in. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And as always, may the force be with you.